What up, everybody? Welcome to, well, actually, I guess it's Star Trek, but the question is Star Trek. Is it space communism? I'm Andreas. My friend Nate from Reality Czar Podcast is with us, as well as Thomas from Paranoid American, Drew from You're Missing the Point, Down Under, Cosmic Peach, and Andy. We missed you, Andy. How you been? Missed you too, brother. Dude. So what do you guys think? Or well, also, how are you? I'm sorry. I got excited. <laughs> we're doing great i want to throw in it it's actually space satanism as uh drew threw out a little bit earlier thank you we're gonna have to Hi, so was please. it nate nate brought up uh flesh sorry i keep doing that flesh gordon is a whole different 80s movie but flash gordon uh and sorry continue <laughs> your thoughts on satanism but the anton levey thing but keep going mm-hmm. well i mean there's the anton levey connection with uh with kirk um and anton levey in, in a couple of the movies there's the character which is bael which was like the uh, the sacred name of Baal. You weren't allowed to say it at a certain point, so they changed it to, to Baal. And then, of course, you can't forget there is an animated, I think, in like 1978, and it was called like the Magic of of Mega Two, which stood right. for like this original race of people called the Megans. And the Megans came to Earth, and they essentially uh, scared all the humans with their magical powers, and then um you know that led to the salem witch trials but that was like the the origin of this non-canon extra universe one of my my favorite sort of like unknown plot lines yeah i mean never trust the megans but there's so much weird stuff here i remember that movie confessions of a dangerous dangerous mind danger roos i like that one um here's the deal this guy wrote a book after being a game show host where he said actually the CIA used my game shows to, and used me to assassinate people. They're like, you were great in Korea. We love what you did in the war. Why don't you keep doing it? We know you got a part of you that can never stop killing. You could just come to East Berlin with the, you know, this mystery date TV show or something like that. So that was, that was supposed to be a silly, right? A silly Hollywood thing. But it seems more and more plausible and true and likely. I think there's Freedom of Information Paperwork Act talking about it anyway part of the deal was they were saying star trek along with a lot of these other shows were being used by the cia vicariously through the fcc in order to plant messages in public that most people couldn't understand so they look at star trek and you've got plenty of neurolinguistic programming there in general but just the date would be like a code or something well, I mean, th- there's a rabbit hole here, too, because they uh, they they make a lot of use of cybernetics a lot in Star Trek. And cybernetics wouldn't have even become part of the the public sort of discussion without the Josiah Macy Foundation and the Rockefellers. I think in like the early 1940s, they came together and they had the, the Josiah um, Macy conferences, which were later known as as the cybernetics conferences. And that's where a lot of this like terminology and the the concept of merging technology with sort of psychology kind of came into play. I'd love to see that also. I mean, there's there's some there's something to be said about cybernetics in Star Trek as a quest a quest towards perfecting humans because they're saying humans are not perfect, but we're, these are better than you humans, right? These are humans that have figured out how to be more stoic. What's up? Bink has made it, and so is Raph. Act like you know. Twenty six. Welcome. We are talking about Star Trek. Uh, is Star Trek space communism, or more specifically, I think a harder one to argue is Satanism, space Satanism, right? So yeah, there's definitely a lot of elements uh, of all of it, and then sometimes they're democratic, and sometimes Captain Kirk is like, "We'll do this when it's democracy." Then he goes on to do his own thing because he's in charge. But it's like that is kind of like a model almost that they you would think that they they might want to arrange the world in is 
J- just through these representatives from each state. So how many representatives is Charles? That's a question I always had. How many representatives from like e- each country and each state are there? It's just like the most distant power organization. Like you, you could never reach the person who's in charge in Star Trek. Right. Yeah, it's totally <laughs> ambiguous. But also, okay, so what is let's let's go through what Star Trek is. So let's start with like before Star Trek. What is the first before the first Star Trek, there is the original screenplay that has an Albert Pike before Kirk, which is why they've made the new show about, you know, Albert Pike. But Have Albert you Pike, seen that show, the new one? Uh, I tried not. So way. woke. It is so no, woke. I, 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 like, I, I was straight my whole life. I'm 100% flamboyant gay after watching the new Star Trek. They actually don't make drugs. The drugs are illegal now. That in the in the early 2000s, you could take to stomach this stuff. They don't even, it, like, it's, Chinese. It's bad, man. Not Olympics. even the dried beetles. I get yeah. angry when Stacey Abrams doesn't show up in an episode. Oh, my God. <laughs> actually, if Larry David was on Star Trek, I'd be okay with it. But here's the thing. Albert Pike's a real person. Why is it Albert Pike? Gene Roddenberry chose Albert Pike. What's the deal with that? Why is Albert Pike the first captain before church, right? Kirk means church. So what's going on? Anybody, any, any thoughts on Albert Pike? I mean, so, I, no, I didn't, I didn't know that about Pike. Yeah. This is the thing. So wait, Thomas, you know this. You know about Albert Pike. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Tell me about Albert Pike. Talk to me. Yeah, well, Albert, I mean, Albert Pike is, you know, the, is the one credited with basically standardizing Scottish Rite Freemasonry, at least for the He's got this face like he's, he's like, we're going to do this? You're going to do it or no, not? He's like, he's like if when, Santa was going to rape you is what he looks like. <laughs> yeah. When Masonry came to the States, it really, like, people were, were selling every kind of degree. Oh, that guy's got 33. Well, I've got 50. And then, you know, this guy's like, oh, that guy said he had 99 degrees. So Pike came and just kind of like laid down the law and said, no, there's going to be 32, 33 degrees in the southern jurisdiction. And then the northern jurisdiction took a little bit longer to get theirs together. But he was also known for being uh, I think he like acted as free legal counsel to a lot of Native American tribes. So right. he got like a lot of credit yeah, in that regard. He did like a lot of he, he published and edited a lot of newspapers. Um, and he also he was kind of credited with taking a lot of eastern mysticism and putting it together in one comprehensive volume for you know american sort of freemasons but if you ever if you ever read through yeah, you see where we're Cosmo, going with this uh, yeah, yeah. Dude, my mom screamed so hard to chakotay that was oh, so i forgot about it <laughs> and i didn't realize that the chakotay's uh backstory writer the guy they consulted for like seven years was like a disgraced guy that like wrote a bunch of fake information on the hopi indians and a whole bunch of other stuff that's amazing. But first, we need to go back to its art imitating life, right? If you're basing yeah. a character, the very first space captain of the Scottish Rite, what were the majority of NASA astronauts? Scottish yeah. Rite. Exactly. There's I something to it. In a different direction with my research, actually. You did. Let's hear it. Um, so I actually think that they use Star Trek in a lot of like MK Ultra programs and like SRA victims and um, if you look up if you just like Google MK Ultra Star Trek look and see what the first article is well it's working on Binkley he wants to get down on some uh, daddy <laughs> look Captain at this totally. <laughs> Star Trek's Anson Mount move from strange new worlds to MK Ultra this dude's literally making a movie about MK Ultra. Oh, that's Pike in the new episode, the new show, Strange New Worlds. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And um, actually, this is on Prime on- now. MK Ultra, you can watch it now. 
Yeah, I just think that's really interesting because it's also on Paramount Plus and if you know anything about Paramount, it's like Mount Hermon where the fallen mm-hmm. angels descended down on. So we have again that they're trying to push this fake space stuff in our face and they're really hiding what's going on. So when you say fake space stuff, do you guys, I know there's a camp where people believe that we haven't been to the moon because we can't get there because of the, the radiation belt. And then there's, and there's space believe, camp. Yeah, then there, yeah, there's there's space camp and like a black project space program where we've gone far beyond the moon. Uh, what there. do you guys think? Space no, I don't, space I don't think space is real. I'm yeah. a big Running Man guy, and what's that other movie? Uh, with James Schwarzenegger, you know, uh, where he's Total Recall. You know, what are you talking about? Oh, Total Recall. Total Recall. Yeah. So yeah. my thought is quantum entanglement. Every place that you're seeing in space is here now. It's just the d- idea of space and time distance is this holographic projection that a reflection of radio waves are experiencing as distance. So time, even, is another place is also here. So yeah. we're, when we're talking about how distance it is. It's, it's in order to make it more comfortable for people with the fact that these are not really extraterrestrial aliens, but they're actually like demons that are here right now, or maybe just parallel realities that are simultaneously here. Yeah, they're just part of, we're all part of the bus, you know, of being. And I'd like to say, you know, about the black space programs, uh, at least to some degree, it's been now proven basically to be total bullshit considering Corey Good was uh-huh. the originator of a lot of the narratives that were just Man. continuously speckled. Well, I, feel, I feel like Corey that Good is, Corey Good's a brilliant charlatan. Yeah, he's a brilliant yeah, he's charlatan. He can burn in hell for what he's done to people's just, minds. He's writing the new season like, of Discovery. Come on. After it came out, so many of those narratives were his friggin' you know, fictional yeah. properties. How many other people suddenly it's like, oh wait, was your they were using real or was it illustrations I, though that he came up with like the blue avians? The other people were using those same illustrations and trying to say that they were part of the intergalactic league oh, of yeah. nations or whatever the fuck that they said yeah. that they were a part of. I, I think that's, he's really just info. That's my IP. I made all that shit up. Right. I think <laughs> he's, a, he's a disinfo agent, but the problem with the disinfo agent is that they can put out so much information that then everyone's not, they're convinced that there's nothing. And if there's absolutely nothing, then you're a lot safer, right? Because there's nothing coming for you. To take but Corey's, Corey Good's aliens, the blue avians, they were literally taken from Star Trek. It's yeah. one of the Zindi races. Mm-hmm. Exactly but, then, yeah. but Star Trek is implant, imprinting these ideas on people for reasons. So they really the are. To yeah. Get back to you know? well, yeah. Take I, I don't think we would recognize aliens if we saw them. I think they could be right in front of us, and we would have no clue because it, it, they just might perceive the world of the universe in a completely different way. And I think you're right. I think the way that this shows us, they make us think that they would kind of be represented in this way. That I, I think it's naive to expect. And also just the idea of space fascism in general, it's like, okay, so the future is once we've sorted out all the bickering on Earth, we're going to have a utopia. But what is this utopia? It's a military Mm -hmm. slave state where if you're not part of the Federation, I mean, Starship Troopers, it's nothing different than Starship Troopers, only it's more scary because Starship Troopers is self-aware. It's like, yeah, well, you know, we're... We're the human race, though, right? We don't want to be bugs, right? But Star Trek, no. 
Yeah. Like, the parents look down on the citizenship mm-hmm. too. They're like, you do, you want to become a citizen? Like they they're disgusted by it and start that, some troopers. That's why I want to watch like, the more woke Star Treks because the new work that if you think about it, they're just more terrifying Starship troopers. They're they, they're characters that really believe in their woke fascist yeah. rhetoric. Have you they guys really, watched the new ones? Yeah, a little bit. I, I watched like the half of the first season and just right. couldn't do the rest. I've they're seen really all of Discovery. I've seen all of them. Yeah, like it, really, it's just. Damn it! I, I, well, so you get into uh, at least I do where I'm like, okay, I can hate watch this and I'll have content for the show right. the next few days because you can just talk about it. And with Star Trek Discovery, at first I thought I was like, oh, this is gonna be awful, and then it wasn't bad at, at first. Uh, you know, one of the main great. characters. Yeah, it wasn't great either, but it wasn't as as woke as I thought it would be. There's one character who's like a seven foot tall walking penis. That, that was a little odd. <laughs> Nice. But but he, he he's number one too, and then it kind of progressively got worse to where they started just really forcefully injecting the these trans storylines into it. Where one of the characters, <laughs> I knew is, you I, were gonna say that. I, I mean, because it's so it's so obnoxious. I, like, I don't care if you're trans. I do not care. Yeah, but, but why why was it okay trans, on uh, transhumanism is the goal. D Space yeah. Nine and Voyager had, tra- especially D Space Nine, had, had trans issues in a way that worked just fine. If you watch right. Next Dax. Generation, Next Gen, well, yeah, Dax is a great example. Are you kidding? But there's a lot more. To- I don't know who was really deep into this in the newest one in Discovery, but from what I understood, this individual who then turned out to be trans wasn't she someone who had like anyhow a host of individuals in her mind already? Yes, like, like they, they t- it was so strange the, and convoluted. Thing, because it would, there would be a proper story, you know, reality integrated in that world explanation for why I feel I'm so many people so <laughs> come out as trans right. herself. You see what but I'm saying? And this totally. way everyone was like, why? You know, yeah, like, that's not how they did it though. So it'd was, be like action storyline and then they just throw in random trans scene right. that had nothing to do with anything yeah. else. It just, <laughs> it just tells us in the future they haven't cured mental illness. Cork's yeah. girlfriend though, right? Who, who's Cork's girlfriend who dressed as a man, right? Uh, cook. Oh yeah, yeah. So, I mean, if you remember, Cork <laughs> yeah. had this chick. He was like, "Wow, she's so brilliant. She's like a man." And oh right, he's and, like because women are. Yeah, I don't even remember her name, but like mm-hmm. she pretended, uh, she pretended to be a dude. I don't know. They'll, no, but, those yeah, with Quark are strange. She was smart. Yeah, yeah. She identifies yeah. a man, and then her, and then also the mother, Cork's mother, starts wearing clothes and working, which is <laughs> engendering herself as masculinity. And the shapeshifters too, and then there's the and uh, the one. Cisco's always calling old man because he has a being inside of them, which is similar yeah. to what they did in Discovery. We have a theory about that. I have a theory yeah. that Cisco used to do the old man, and he's just not comfortable <laughs> with him. And so, like, his wife died. That was okay because he got his son out of it. But now he's That's stuck funny. with this. I don't know. Yeah. I did go address- to the – go ahead. Can we address the technology issue? Like, in most sci-fi genres, the technology is always shown as a weapon, whereas in Star Trek, the weapon is always used for something else. The tricorders mm-hmm. are used primarily as a scientific tool, but can be used as a weapon. The torpedoes they use, they use to track things in space like anomalies. Every single weapon in it has an alternative use. Right. Which that's is kind right. of a flip of what we see today. Right. They give you the the positive use of it, and then they don't talk about the, the possible negative uses of it, which, you know, powers Hell, the air. Yeah, I think. <laughs> Pell is the name of the female Ferengi. The dress oh, of his dude. Yeah. yeah, man. So, but the technology thing works both ways. Like, look at that, right? I don't know. It's a great, that's a great character arc. But okay. <laughs> can you remember the episode where Quark goes trans, though, so he can 
make the Ferengi a boss? <laughs> no, I, I got. I have to watch that now. It gets, that's he has surgery to become a woman. <laughs> Dude, the things times. you would do for money, but the, the yeah. thing with the Star Trek technology is it works both ways because the technology that says it's for good is also for evil. Right. And so therefore mm-hmm. they, the difference is, you know, that you can use atomic energy for other things and bombs, but it starts fundamentally as it could kill you. And for most of Star Trek, they're living in ignorance because they have no idea the, the, the possibilities of, of destruction that they wield in their fingertips. Like, there's so much there. What's up, Anthony? Hey, Tony. How you doing, buddy? You're way at the bottom. Let's bring you back up here. (laughs) Tony, you on mute, buddy? I think you might be muted, man. (laughs) We have, we'll get some, we'll get some tech, we'll get some tech work in there. Here, let us know when you're there. But do you think there's actually anyone in the Star Trek universe that understands the technology besides the Federation, like a military science advisory themselves? It's like they're hoarding it all in one space and the average person doesn't really have any clue. I mean, Sector 31 is the only one that really That's knows about it, right? Say. Yeah. They're fighting well, underground. Yeah. yeah. Secret. The, then you, the, then you the got Star the doctor. Trek CIA. So they're trying to replace, you know, doctors. They're trying to replace. I mean, whenever they can, they were trying to figure out ways of automating people and out of the who's system. Who's the highest yeah. ranking guy on the ship? Who can relieve the commander? Even Everybody. there's only one. Yeah, the doctor. You're right. It's always the doctor. And just like here, doctor, uh, medical industry completely militarized. And just to bring it up, because we're already on the trans uh, train and so on. The level one iceberg theory I heard about all of this was that it's somehow related to the Cold War and that the different races somehow were representing, I don't know, the Russians, the Americans, and stuff like that. It was I can the see thing I ever heard about that. Yeah. Well, I forget the name now. What are the names? Weren't the Romulans the Russians? Is it something like that? Yeah. Yeah, probably. So there's the Romulans and then the, the Klingons. What would the Klingons be? The, I, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they always it's use. They, I mean, they use these biggest shows to to program people's minds and get people. I ready. mean, they, it's more like Aldous Huxley, where mm-hmm. you combine two opposites together. So the Klingons are like both the wild uh, barbarians. So they've got this kind of Saxon thing going on, but they also have this very African being conquered thing. In the seventies, also you had a lot of Marxism in Africa. So there was this interesting conversion of, of people say, hey, we're going to have our own culture here. We're going to start a new Africa. And I think that they're trying to say there's a lot of fourth world options beyond world one and two. But world one and two are the Romulans versus the Vulcans, basically. And they're creating this sort of uh, loosest trust, United Nations kind of invocation reality, yeah, yeah. right? And then the other one is like hyper emotional. And like you don't want to be part of that path because... They're, I don't know why they're the way they present the Romulans, you know, because they're you the, think the, the fucking the Romulans and the Vulcans. Was that like East and West Germany? Yeah, that's what I think. It's the Nazis. Well, so initially, the Nazis Voyager the Voyager makes like so they use different things different times. Voyager uses uh, the Borg as the Nazis and they constantly yeah. go through post-war Nuremberg and beyond trials with yeah. like things that the Cardassians did in DS9. So they're on both Nazis, but everybody's everybody is though. That's and that's they maybe Star Trek started the trend of uh, everyone's a Nazi. Well, there's also the (laughs) a series called The Killing Game at the end of Voyager where there there's actual Nazis that they go in and have to sort of like uh, they kind of there's like a role playing that's taking 
part mm, in like a nineteen forties right. kind of bar yeah, scene. Yeah, is that, that the one where they went back in time, or is that? Yeah, that was wasn't that was a holodeck Enterprise. Remember, it was a holodeck thing. Yeah, the Star Trek Enterprise with Bakula. They actually go back in time and deal with the Nazis, which we're going to have to think about. It's wild having that that show come up. Be like, wait, am I watching Star Trek? And and I just saw like reptilian Nazis just pop into the. Yeah, yeah. Let's point let's let's point out the McKee though, right? So they wanted to help UPN. Blah 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 blah. Next generation complex federation colonists known as the McKee. Who are the McKee? Well, the McKee. Hold on. Right wing extremists. Yeah, I like the Maquis a lot. No, 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 no insurrectionists. I guess. Wait, this yeah, is the Star yeah. Trek Maquis. See more. If I type in Maquis World War II, it'll take me to the actual guerrilla fighter Maquis that were in World War II that fought in the French and Belgian resistance fighters during the Nazi occupation while the Allied countries couldn't help them. Right. So the technically they weren't allied. But they were so. This is very similar. The Federation was was same story, sympathetic, sympathetic, right? Exactly. So they're and they still fought the Federation as well as the um, Cardassians. So technically, they're still fighting the fascists. Now now we just need a character named Zelensky, Vladimir Zelensky, in Star (laughs) Trek, and we'll be all set. (laughs) I I had read recently too that the Cardassians started making a big appearance because the writers thought that they were using the Romulans a little too much. So it was originally just going to be a lot more offended the Romulans, one and the others. The Ferengi yeah. were originally written in as the main protagonist, um, and they end up dropping them hmm. for Deep Space Nine. I have no idea how far back I have to go to get to the Star Trek post. You know what I'm talking about with the Enterprise? If I just type in Enterprise intro, is that enough to get it? But you guys remember, this is always interesting. If you look at that Star Trek Enterprise intro, it says right here, uh, almost there. Um, where is it? North Tartary, Tartaricum, right there on the map at the very beginning of the Enterprise Bacula Star Trek. During the intro, wow. no one wants to listen to, right? They're I just like kind of, it. That's, that's a good intro. Well, <laughs> if you've seen the, the Discovery intro, it's just awful. awful. I, you know, I actually haven't zoomed I in on it like that. It's, it's probably some stuff in there. Yeah, it's yeah, terrible. If you go to my SoundCloud, I have uh, a Star Trek uh, song, I have the cover of the least popular. Where is it? How far back do I have to go? And everybody go listen to Exodus's Time Traveler track. It's really good. Thank you. But Captain, <laughs> get it? Captain and Paul, get it? Come on. Come on. It's Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Love is logic? Come on. They, I don't they have know. dogs. They're dog Yeah, people. you get it. Yeah, they are. <laughs> I don't know. But it's, yeah, probably the best version of the least popular Star Trek song. Yeah, you mentioned the Borg, too. Like The Borg is just, it's like social media. It's it, They get people just connected. They want everybody connected into it because they can project these messages that will then get repeated by people just unthinkingly. And this whole machine is pumping out the same message and thoughts because everybody's engaged in it, thinking that they're thinking it themselves when they're not. I think that the look at Gene Roddenberry and you have to look at the progress of his character into what he's. So you're starting out saying we're going to make the perfect world. The perfect world is going to have this satanic, uh, literally Anton LaVey influence because he's friends with, um, you know, from the Rat Pack. Uh, God, Sammy, Sammy, Davis Davis, Jr.? Sammy Davis Jr. And Sammy Davis Jr. is doing the satanic show and he's friends with Michael Aquino. And so they, they're all connected. And he's thinking, okay, so the future is not going to have a Jesuit as the first mate on the ship. The future is going to have Anton LaVey as the first mate on the ship. The future isn't Jesuitism. The future is Aristotelian uh, logic and ethics from community college classes that Anton LaVey believed in. That'll be the influence that we go with, and that'll start with the Prime Directive. And it'll all be about not making emotional responses, because emotional responses make men kill each other. 
etc but then you think about it and that doesn't work and you end up with the next generation you have to have troy right so who replaces spock i mean really it's troy uh no trick <laughs> because she's this hyper emotional character instead of being a hyper logical reasonable stoic even though she's pretty stoic because she's in control of her emotions, but she's very emotional. And so that's Gene Roddenberry's response. That humanity is the solution. Everyone's looking at humanity. Star Trek's whole thing is that the Romulans and the Vulcans and Klingon, they're all impressed with humanity. The Klingons are saved in Enterprise by the humans. Their DNA is going to die out without human DNA, which is why some of the Klingons look like humans in the 60s, right? In the 2040s. But so Troy introduces emotion back and says, we're going to like use empathy to control people. That's going to psychic warfare. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Emotional warfare. Totally. Let's let's hyper jump to the new Pike series, though. It's definitely satanic because there's an entire episode around a super advanced species that have to sacrifice children's life force for their planet to survive. Which, which series? Just out in the open. That's the new series with the Captain Pike. Oh, go oh yeah, yeah. Super advanced, and they want the technology and, and wants them to join the Federation until they find out they sacrifice children every 10 years. Wow, we're getting into space relations te uh, yeah, territory. Dude. You guys familiar with space relations? No, what do you mean? It was a novel written by um, fucking Donald Barr's father. Wow. Who was, the prin who was also the principal at the school that Jeffrey Epstein, he was he hired Jeffrey Epstein to be a, a lot, of, a lot of people went to that school, strangely. Yeah, very interesting. Oh man, Empire of Ant like bug people. This is exactly this is they what take I take children into their yeah, it's yeah, it's pretty weird. Uh, all right, I'm gonna read this book. Thank you. Wait, wait. <laughs> so let me did, did you say that Donald Barr's related to Bill Barr? Is that what that's his father? Am, am I processing that correctly? Because I think you just blew my brain out there. Bill Barr's yeah. dad was second. Yeah. Yeah. Dad wrote about fucking space ants that like raped children. Well, gosh. Uh, yeah, and hired Jeffrey Epstein yep. for that uh. fake ass job that he was working. Let's As just say that these ant like space bugs are far, far away, though, right? Like, oh, they're totally. Not, they're like yeah. totally far away. It's okay. Yeah, that's the idea, <laughs> man. No, because I'm pretty, I'm pretty convinced of that band, Alien Ant Farm. That's about her. <laughs> Think about it. That's what they're saying. They're like this whole planet. It's an alien ant farm. Like we're living in an ant farm full of aliens. I don't know. It's more and more convinced. Possible. That's why I don't kill it, like ants and, and like roaches. Like I wish I could communicate with them because I'd be like, just leave. It doesn't have to be genocide. Just get out because I would want a giant person who could step on me to do the same. I don't kill ants mainly because if there was ever an ant the size of a beer can, it could carry me off, and I just don't want to <laughs> deal with it. It's immediate genocide in my house. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I boil water. When I see their goddamn house, their little fucking hut, I boil water and dump it down the fucking mm – -hmm. I sense he's scared of the, insects. That was the new Spock you had on, on screen there a moment ago, right? They have the new Spock in the Discovery. Really? That wasn't Spock. a joke? That hipster Spock? Go back to him. Yeah, hipster Spock. He, he is the is he sister. The shirt off? He looked kind of hot. Did he have his shirt off? Yeah, he, I'm sure he does. They do make him a little bit. Yeah, that's him right there. Oh, okay. He just woke yeah, up. He hasn't shaved. His hair is not cute. He, he's what got a seventh grade haircut. <laughs> this is not how Spock would look. I don't know. That's kind that's, of hard. Yeah, to totally. That's my haircut trying out for basketball in the seventh grade right there. Didn't have the beard. My human side. <laughs> but he, so he's brothers with the main character. I, I I can't remember her name, but the that's his sister. So that ne she never existed. There was one episode where he had a sister, and it was never mentioned again. But this is like a different.
sister and, and I, they justify it by saying it's like another universe but the just whole kind of convoluted backstory they put into it to make spot kind of a subservient secondary character in star trek discovery dude what is what is star trek for and why is it the greatest movie of all time i don't understand <laughs> it i just don't get it it's amazing Leonard Nimoy actually produced this movie. That's probably like the one Star Trek that I can go with all the fabulous makeup. They're all 80, 90, a thousand years old, but they're painted like Moulin Rouge prostitutes. It looks great. It does look great. He's got blue eyes. The doc does. Do you guys agree with the, uh, the Star Trek movie curse? It's basically yeah. states that every oh, yeah. odd movie or every odd numbered Star Trek movie <laughs> is going to be a failure and every even one is going to be a smash. Hmm. I think the problem with a Star Trek movie is that you can't make a TV show like a movie. And they've been trying to wrestle with that for a long time. Yeah. Star Trek isn't designed to be Star Wars. You know, they're, they're not. And they they probably could marry each other. You could have some <laughs> Disney thing where they fan it out. But they're different things. I don't know. But the whales, right? Because this has come up recently. Did you see I remember thing? that. Yeah, I forgot about so, that. So the reason I care was because they've been saying for the last um, like 80 years, I want to say, Blue whales have been pitching down their songs because our frequencies are filling up those ranges. And so this is, it's like kind of similar to the movie in a weird way. And that whale has to save the universe and everything else. And there's, there's this whole thing also that, you know, the Tartaria with the bells and the healing sounds and everything that whales are doing a very similar things that the bells did by they hit a tone, they send it off. Another whale pitch hits it, continues it on covers the whole area for like hundreds of thousands of miles or not hundreds of thousands, you know, forever distance. And that's, you know, and they're giants. That's the other thing. Whales are like a hundred foot long people. Those are mammals with fingers and toes and skeletons inside of those bones. And we're always like, where are the giants? How is it possible to be over 10 feet tall? Who could be a hundred feet tall? There's a, there's a giant mammal right there that is, but it can't stand up because of how messed up everything is. So I don't know. What do you think? It's really ironic that whales are the main focus of the new avatar film as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's got a lot to do with the pineal gland and adrenochrome too. But It's like a climate they, change angle also. Are they tapping yeah. into the pineal glands of whales? That's yeah, they, they hunt them down and they drill into it and pull the essence out to stop people from aging. That's way better than like making candles. Ah, God, I don't know. I get it. I get why they would do that. But... I don't know. You shouldn't do that to whales. Whales are cool. But the whole the whole thing with like the, the Star Trek movie is that because he got to make it, it was good. The other movies are what movies do you like of the Star Trek movies? Like Star Wrath of Khan, what do you think? I enjoyed Wrath of Khan. Dude, I haven't I don't remember a I lot of the old movies. I watched the series a hundred times, but yeah, I'm the same way. I've watched the series over and over again. The movies, the Wrath of Khan, is the old Wrath of Khan, not the newer one, is the only one that I, I really remember very well. What about the one where Spock dies and they actually create a planet with like a, a seeding device? Is that That's, that's not the, the search thing. for Spock? That's the one before the search for Spock, I guess? I think so, yeah. Um, the new continent or new country or something like that. Hmm. New frontier or whatever. I forget. I like, and then he was going to die in Wrath of Khan, but then they decided not to. That's what they did. What about the uh, so the in Deep Space Nine? They have an entire world that the Ferengi interact with that they become gods to. You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, where well, they go through the portal, and yeah. that's the two Ferengi, and they end up just creating themselves as gods and ripping off the, the inhabitants of the planet. Yeah, yeah look at him. Yeah. There he is. So how is this any different than what Star Trek uh, Federation is doing? I mean, so Federation doesn't tell you like they're 
not asking you to come bring them like some coins. You know, they, they literally spy on you, cultivate your whole world to suit their needs and means, which inevitably leads to a resource-based economy where they own everything, right? Because the Federation needs it more. They can do whatever they want if you're part of the Federation. So, I mean, they're making these guys seem like they're crazy because they're just kind of mafites taking the tax. But how is the European Union? They're so much worse, though. Like, they're so much more scary than the European Union. I think that's that's what makes Q so amazing. Q is trying to tell us. He's like, you know what? You guys think you're the good guys. He's the white hat that's saving everybody. Q's gonna say yeah, Q's in the new series. <laughs> I, I think he's in Discovery. Uh, yeah, yeah he pretty was. sure it's Discovery, the new new Q. Or, or maybe it was the Picard, which was terrible if you've seen the new Picard series. It's so fucking awful. Oh, yeah, yeah, he was fucking bad, man. Yeah, He was on that, and it, pin, it pinpoints that, that Q is dying, so it's representing that that's the death of God. Yeah. It's technology that's going to survive. Nietzscheism. <laughs> All right, well, that's kind of yeah. interesting. I could watch that. I don't know. I mean, that's the thing. A lot of the things that people get upset about, I tend to be like, wait, actually, if I look into that, it was so terrible because they were so busy trying to keep true to their uh, mythos or allegory. Right? I, I want to throw one out. He's wearing red gloves. Is he wearing red shoes as well? Oh, got the red shoe glove. Uh, people yeah. always complain too about the uh, the lizard babies or the catfish babies in a uh, Voyager. I think it was in like season two or three where they hit warp ten. And just the act of hitting warp 10 causes them to, yeah, they turn into, well, it causes them to just like progress through human evolution. Apparently many thousands of iterations of evolution. We just turn into these big, like salamander catfish (laughs) and, uh, and the captain ends up, I think like having like a bunch of little like catfish babies and they just leave Uh them there. 75 million. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. She she (laughs) bangs uh, Tom Paris. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's crazy because she never had. Yeah, that's there you the, go. that's the. Oh my god! Oh god! Oh those are really god. attractive. That, those are that's sexy. the interesting thing that every single series has some kind of slut on the ship. <laughs> well, they're, of course, they're, they're the navy. I mean, they're like literally yeah. sailors. Yeah, you know, Sulu. Did, have you, you ever slut on the ship? Harry didn't fuck seven of nine when she like threw ass at him. Have you ever been to San Diego? In San Diego, they don't let sailors wear their uniforms out because they know what people do. You know what I mean? Like, you can't trust sailors. And I <laughs> you am. Got, yeah. You guys know how Seven of Nine and her husband got divorced in real life is he would try to take her to swingers parties. He was like, a, I think he was a Republican politician. And they would go to these swingers parties and she got pissed off about it and, and they got divorced. Is yeah, that why I turned her into a lesbian for the new show? Uh, yeah, I, I guess. don't get that at all. If that's your wife, why do you want someone else to have her? Like, that's good a, God. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, she's hot. I mean, there's just so much there too, because like she was part of this. She's born in Germany, like code switch to learn how to speak like an American, probably to think in certain ways. Like so, it's kind of Stanislavski method, and then constantly being the face of the Nazis as the Borg (laughs) in order to apologize for the data that they've collected that would be useful to your medical records. I mean, it's all in Voyager. I mean, over and over again. And but she yeah. was passing out so frequently they had to bring oxygen onto set to uh, right. keep oh, her from passing yeah, out. Yeah, because that stupid suit was nuts, man. <laughs> For at least the first season. I don't know. I think a second they kind of fixed it. Or maybe it was third season Dude, they fixed it. Was it was fantastic, though. I loved every second of that. They Being did that a with young Troy, fucking kid watching Voyager <laughs> in that fucking skin-tight suit. Yeah, she more. was definitely... Um, yeah. So many space boners. <laughs> It was probably worth it for all of the damage done. Like at, for the first few years I was dating, I was like, "Why don't you have like a metal piece of computer stuck to your eye?" I'm not attracted to you. Don't worry, it'll come. That's the future. 
That's how I feel. Give me those space catfish all day. That's the thing. (laughs) I feel like I'm just, I'm too elevated to to be stuck with these corporal images. Like, this is what I find sexy right here. Well, you never know. CRISPR technology, right? (laughs) Seriously, dude. Yeah. You guys just haven't hit warp 10 yet. That's the only difference here. Wow, Guiana, I read that three times. I got so confused each time. Did anybody see cannabis in space? I'm like, no, they have this synthahol. And then you're like, not aliens or cannabis, cannibals. Yes, cannibals in space. Well, in the movie. They Sorry. have dabs too. Uh, like, it's not just cannabis, but there's like a certain type of drug. It's like a crystal, like the, the rhubarbium or something uh, that it, that's been equated to sort of like concentrated THC crystals. I think that was a Deep Space Nine thing. The TNG though, the, the vape guy. The vape guy is my favorite because he made he made vaping like unironically. He made vaping totally casual vaping on on deck, totally fine and normal. He's like, yeah, bro, I just do this all day. He had a lot of like weird idiosyncrasies. Like he he was constantly, you know, trying to go above and beyond his Call of Duty, which was the problem. But as long as he did his breathing, he was fine. So. The Ferengi had beetle snuff where they'd snuff. Yeah, yeah, the, the Hyperion beetles, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Trying to normalize bugs. That's the thing, though, right? Because in the Egyptian snuff bugs, and Ferengi comes from the Arabic word for foreigner, which is associated with Frankish or French, right? So there's also the Ethiopian obelisk story, and then the idea of, of robbing uh, the, the places that they've taken over. I just thought they were being enormously anti-Semitic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, that's, and that's, and that's the thing, too. So Borg were created to replace the Ferengi. Right, because the Ferengi was the bad guy that Gene Roddenberry picked because they were the hyper capitalists and they were, I mean, yeah, big, big years or something. I don't know. There's definitely something yeah, kind the, of weird about they it. Definitely, they definitely had a bigger nose in the design and they toned it back a bit and went with the ears. I think <laughs> I'm just yeah, saying the fact no, that it's I, the Arabic, <laughs> it's the Arabic word for foreigner kind of gives you an idea of who they're talking yeah. about, and that's kind of messed up. And so they're like, eh, we probably shouldn't do this, but he was syndicated, so we got away with it and they became part of the show. But you remember, they were a lot more savage in the beginning uh, during uh, Next Generation. That's that's the problem, though, with all TV shows. People should just do shit they want to do on TV shows, and everybody should just stop being a pussy and and getting offended by everything. The only reason they have control over us is because we allow them to uh, put the meaning into words for us, and people react in certain ways. It's been programmed. Kanye's like, who are they, though, talking about the Ferengi? He hates the Ferengis. He does not like the Ferengis. I'm just saying, Gene Roddenberry is, you know, (laughs) if he was alive, Kanye and him, they would be, like, together right now. He's he's controlled by... What about latium? Latium is probably the greatest, the greatest substance in the universe. Like, there's no valuable Lat- currency except for latinum. Sorry, lat, lat, latium. Yeah, gold, latinum. gold press latinum. Gold, gold, gold is latinum. like a byproduct of it. Is latium a real thing? Because latinum is not. That's right. Yeah, latium is a region in Italy. That's right. Latinum, which has a, ba- a bunch of banks, right? So it's a banking note from latium. But the latinum is the money in Star Trek that they care about in the rules of acquisition, which is covered in gold. Because gold keeps it safe, right? Gold's worth less than latinum, so they use it to cover it. It's gold-plated latinum bars. That's always gold-pressed mm-hmm. latinum bars. Gold-pressed latinum. What are the rules of acquisition? Oh, there's a lot of rules of ac- acquisition. Yeah, like uh, 285. One of them is, is apparently he'll go trans. We, we established that earlier. That's a rule. Do whatever you got to do for money, yeah. Once <laughs> once you have their money, never give it back. Never spend more on an acquisition than you have to. Never allow family to stay in the way of opportunity. Keep your ears open. Opportunity plus instinct equals profit. Greed is eternal. You can see there's a lot of really good ones here. Peace a Ferengi without profit is not a Ferengi at all. That's one. Yeah, that's a good like one. 38 right and 35. 38. Uh, oh, sorry, 34 and 35. 
War is good for peace. Yeah, war is good for peace. Yeah, totally. War and peace, and then forty-five expand or die. Yeah, expand or die. Grow. Yeah, which Stacey Abrams has embodied totally. I think this is this is important though because we've been told all this nonsense about the Prime Directive, and so Star Trek has constantly got uh, Captain Kirk saying, "Damn the Prime Directive! I I think she's pretty." And you got uh, Captain Janeway. Picard, Captain Picard. Well, before we get to Janeway, God, I don't even want to go on to Janeway. I mean, he's all the. Can we yeah, can we address the fact that like Janeway Janeway is a is a Minneapolis high school principal that is having a <laughs> fever dream because she like drinks all night before she goes to school, and that's why she's fantasizing about the janitor Chakotay. I mean, that's how she looks at her favorite student right there. With that Dude, look on screen. I mean, every episode is all about how <laughs> she's going to save the day. And she gets us nowhere for five years. It's horrible. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know, but I'm sure she knew what was right. I apologize. Well, I also feel like there's, it doesn't get enough credit that she actually destroyed God when, when they uh, went through the Omega directive at like hmm. towards the end of that. And they actually have a chance to obtain the, uh, omega particle but at the last second they decide you know like no one's allowed to have this amount of power i think they mentioned that it could power two different civilizations indefinitely but it could also end up destroying like billions of of uh kind of like you know area in the space so they destroy it but right. the borg's describing like this is my god seven to nine is saying like if you understand your concept of god the omega particle is my god and janeway's like yeah that's cool but we're gonna kill it anyways yeah, <laughs> yeah. i need to replicate coffee <laughs> yeah. he's a bad bitch dude you guys remember when tuvok and neelix can join together tuvix. remember in the act tuvix and she yeah. killed the fuck out of tuvix she was not into it. She was not down. Yeah. She just doesn't like new things, big things. And always like the first season, you got all these people that are trying to escape. They're like, look, there are tons of places we can get off. There's like constantly ways back home. There's like a thing where the doctor has to meet his like maker. Like, he has to go help fix his stuff for him or something like that. They're constantly not like millions of whatever away from home. The whole thing. And then, but yeah, they do meet some aliens that have blown up big parts of space because they've had technology. So I don't know. They don't ever do what the relationship is. Just every now and then they're on land, but you guys got me thinking about this. What What are the people on Earth and all these other planets? What's their relationship to all these people who are in the stars? Because it feels like just everybody is is flying around. I mean, in space. this is a good question because you've got uh, Picard owns land on Earth, right? And he's got a family winery that they've been allowed to protect somehow after hundreds of years. So I, who knows what's going on? What wars happened or didn't happen that led to? that people protected the land the whole time or did he get it back because he's sympathetic to the federation like what is the what deal is he retire here? there because there's an old there's like a later episode when it, he's like yeah. an old man there's this series in, in the new series he does go back to that uh winery at one point okay so capitalism is, or feudalism what is that but yeah but it's it's set up as a, they've got rid of capitalism and there's no money everyone has anything they'll ever need there's no disease wouldn't what if i want to just descend, wouldn't it just descend into being a big hedonistic orgy at that point like there's nothing to live for which like, is an episode i would watch the definitely. i mean that's i think that's the point that's why they become sailors because they're like we need new people to have sex yeah. with like there's right. so few people having yeah. kids anymore even there's a, what's the point it's i don't understand that aspect either because the growth situation is clearly 
you're having a certain amount of kids. It seems like you don't hear anyone having six kids or three or four kids in a family really in Star Trek. Right. Is that the case? Right. Riker didn't have any kids. Riker was with the empath and all he wanted to do, it seems like was procreate with his, he did in the new one. He's got a son that died. Oh, does he? Yeah. Yeah. Eventually. Is there an unspoken one child policy in Star Trek? That's kind of what I'm thinking. (laughs) It seems like it's seriously, it's like you're kind of a taboo unless you're moving it's out and you're colonizing. The Klingons are the only ones that are still having kids. Yeah. yeah. But with the old man, Worf is dating this dude who's like, yeah, fair. That, you know, that was another transhumanist aspect of it in Star Trek Discovery is there was a Klingon who had some sort of, it was a spy, not to spoiler, but had some sort of technique done on him or her. I can't even, I can't remember if it was a him or her, <laughs> but but then he becomes a guy and he like seduces and falls in love with one of the main characters. It's all it's like weird and confusing. He's trans Klingon to become human. Yes, and they, they <laughs> cut what they cut one of his dicks off. It's not both right, of them. Yeah. One of them. You got to keep one of them. That's that's all. It's like a like Brits or something. Do you guys remember the Sulaban? Because the Sulaban are this trans species yeah. of yeah. Um, Palladian, Draconian, or some kind of thing, right? And they are genetically modifying themselves out of being themselves from the 29th century. What do you think about the Suliban? Hey, you summed it up. I mean, I don't think they have I don't, don't want to be their dermatologist. I know that. That's... I, I think the Suliban are interesting because oh it's the idea to me that you've got a thousand years into the future that humans are really probably the Suliban because we're what's so different God, about them than like, us, right? That kid you have on screen, it's just like, how do you not just tell that kid to run away? You just feel awful about yourself, but you don't <laughs> want to look at that kid's face. It's awful. <laughs> I lived in Bolivia. I don't know. He but... looks like a cantaloupe. <laughs> he <Yeah>. does. <laughs> yes. I feel I like mean, I've seen these dudes on Bourbon Street. At some oh my point. god! Get off. I think that also speaks to something. It's like that all no, humans like... are kind of these like terrifying. Like, all humans are terrifying. Oh, man. We're all these bald reptilian monkey rat things, and, and he's like super Accutane or some shit. None of us. I are... thought that was huge. Force. Who represents the Jem Hadar? That's like, the, the most powerful warriors, Deep Space Nine, the big badass motherfuckers. <laughs> the and they are all addicted yeah. to drugs. They're being controlled by like the deep state, the, the fucking changelings, right? And they don't even right. know who they are. And they have to addicted to fucking drugs. And... No, they're like Navy SEALs of the universe, that's kind us. of. Yeah, that's going to be us. Those are going to be the super soldiers after the transhumanism. Right. Well, this that's is the SS during World War II where they're addicted to meth. Uh-huh. Yeah. We've, been, we, we've talked about this before, but you know, like we talked about France and China admitted that they were biologically engineering super soldiers, and France was like, well, we got to do it because America's doing it. We know that. So everyone's doing it. And this has been going on for at least 20 years. So there's all these grown ups who are genetically modified, probably have metal eyebrows. Who knows? You know, but this is something going on in islands elsewhere so that most of us don't interact with these people or these super people or whatever. I mean, that does seem like we're getting close to this idea where. These aliens are not aliens. These are genetically modified or mutated, like the catfish, forms of whatever the original thing is. Maybe we you are ever that heard too. Of, uh, the the human Z or the human Z um, by Ilya yeah. uh, Ivanov or something like this, where it was a Nazi scientist or was trying to basically combine apes with people to make these like super oh, strong yeah. soldiers. Yeah, God. yeah, that second one there, the human Z. I don't know. I mean, I don't think there's any pictures of it. If there are, there's just you know. crazy. Like, yeah, so Star Trek man. was like the beginning yeah, of them, like predictive programming and shit. Yeah. Like, really, because that early on popular shit. Now they it's all predictive programming, but that so they really laid the foundation of, of 
you know, leading humanity to the future by, by getting them ready. And I think there's some revelation of the method type shit going on with a lot of it, too. You know, the progenitors? Well, that's kind of where my research went because I was more so looking into what they were using Star Trek for, which I got into all kinds of rabbit holes with that. But if you look at the one guy, I have my notes pulled up really quick. If you want to share yeah. a screen also, feel free. Well, I would just have you look at this guy. Oh, LeVar Burton. Um, if we're yeah. going along with like, <laughs> the MK Ultra thing, and he's also like the reading rainbow guy. Yeah. Have right. a look. It's in a book. Reading Rainbow. Mm-hmm. Freaking love this guy. I mean, and that doesn't. Oh, yeah, yeah. And now he's back with his podcast, Lamar or Lavar Reads. He's in a new series. Kunta I think he was in one of the uh, few episodes of uh, his the name Picard is Toby, series. Actually. My love, my love for Lavar Burton does not mean he's not an MK Ultra spy. In fact, probably the yeah, opposite. He definitely but... is because he's just a lovable I mean, one, right? Yeah. <laughs> Even the theme song for Reading Rainbow is like Butterfly the in the Sky. He seems so, so like asexual. I can fly twice as high. Yeah. Do you think Lavar Burton has mm-hmm. got an ass? And do you th- which way does he swing? I could not see LeVar Burton having sex. He's so asexual to me in my head. He's I like need a, a wife and kids. But he has to be smooth I mean. down there. I don't know. <laughs> I, just I, just my think, mind a little bit with I, that I think if you the... work in TV, you sometimes have to have a persona that people see. So there's see, you see him on Reading Rainbow, but he lives in San Francisco. He, I don't think he's... <laughs> He could just have married. a torture den for all we know. He could be a yeah. leather daddy. I could also see that. <laughs> hey, so right, right, somebody well, works in the Biden administration. The scarf isn't saying. helping, but I think if I, yeah. <laughs> spouse, Stephanie Cozart, married, still married since 1992. Okay. Yeah, he's got Good. kids. Good. Who knows what yeah, that means? Yeah, well, Stephanie so. could be like Michael Obama for all we know. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But and born in West Germany. Here's the thing. I don't know if DuckDuckGo works the same as Google, but if you just put in an actor's name, will it pull up like every movie they've been in? If I go to like IMDb, yeah, and not to forget um, the protagonist so on Discovery. If is you also look at, um, well, those are the movies that they attach themselves to. So a lot of people will be in movies that they will ask to not be attached with if they don't want people finding them. Interesting. So I just kind of googled Chris Pine in some of the movies he's been in recently and there was one that came out that's very mk ultra it's called um don't worry darling but there yeah. is a lot of movies that he's in that are pretty much like trying to mind fuck us first one like a wrinkle in time wonder woman 1984 rise of the guardians He's in a lot of stuff that's very MK Ultra. Well, his dad was in the industry too. I believe. I think Robert Pine. So I, yeah. I think that they go a lot of these well-known actors. Almost every time, if you research them, they have just a complete family history that has been either tied to Hollywood or, or tied to power. And uh, like uh, the, the same. Family Guy. Who's the guy? What's the guy's name who did Family Guy? Does Orville? Seth MacFarlane, who was also in Enterprise. Y- yes, exactly. He, so he's like his. Uh, he's a descendant of a Mayflower family. So they they came over on the ship, and that that's it's crazy. It very it's very hard to find some of these people who don't have some sort of really deep, powerful connection. Seth MacFarlane. On that, on that point, did you know that Jeff Bezos was in um, the new one? Has he played really? a Starfleet official? Oh, God. Seth MacFarlane, you know, 9 11, he, he was supposed to be rocket? on flight. Seth MacFarlane <laughs> was supposed to be on flight 176, right? With Marky Mark 
uh, Wahlberg, right? And they miss their fights. And he's like, well, I miss my it's, fights all the time. That's what he says. It, right. It's just like these bil- other these billionaires, like Jeff Bezos, like you're a billionaire, but you're a douchebag. And I don't want anybody to know that I know you type of person. You know, if you came into a bar and you don't, these people have so much money, but they're so strange and weird that, that they they feel like, <laughs> I don't know. I like, if Jeff Bezos was my best friend and I was with my other friends, I'd be like, don't fucking talk to me right now, dude. I don't care if you'd pay for all the drinks. Mm. They're just strange people. I think I'm really concerned Bezos like... is trying to kill Superman all the time. That's my biggest concern. Because of Lex Luthor, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, guys, right. this has been a fucking awesome time, but I got to get going over here on the East Coast. It's past my bedtime, way past. I got to be super buddy. early. But this Make was sure really you go awesome. to the deepshare.com. Check out Andy's amazing podcast. Hopefully, oh, we'll see you soon on Sync Tank. And much Fuck love yeah. to your family, man. Muscle. Yeah, I love you guys. Thank you so much for having me on. This was awesome. Nanu, nanu. Nanu, nanu. <laughs> See you later. Cheers, Andy. Uh, Cosmic Fran- uh, Peach, you were about to say something. Oh, well, I kind of went down like the MK Ultra um, SRA route. And, you know, when they use trigger words for their victims to cause them to disassociate, one of them is like getting beamed up. And, are you familiar with Fritz Springmeier at all? Yeah, Bloodlines of the Illuminati. Yeah, yeah, he's the one that wrote yeah. like, uh, the the, the wrote a lot instruction of... manual for how yeah, to create yeah. like a mind-controlled Illuminati slave or something like that. Yeah, right? he mentions Star Trek a lot, and he mentions Alice in Wonderland and also uh, the Wizard of Oz. But so this is like just a quote that I found from Fritz Springmeier, and he said. The Boeing plant in Seattle has a lot of tunnels underneath it, and some of those tunnels are used for programming. And someone who worked at Boeing was telling me how workers would, on a normal day, as it was standard for them, sneak off and go into the underground tunnels and watch Star Trek movies all day. That right. sounds awesome. I mean, that would be a good job if you get <laughs> yeah, paid to do that. Oh, that's sure. that's but, the thing. Like, I can totally yeah. imagine if you gave Ketamine to a bunch of like altar boys and you made them watch Star Trek while you did the diddly. That is probably where Corey Good stories <laughs> come from. Honestly, because you're like, I remember these dudes dressed as aliens the whole time, and I got a the last time, Corey. There, there, there's something to that, though. The idea of self-programming, though, because now, now we just self-program through just yeah. staying connected to our cell phones and, and on YouTube all day. There, so I deconstructed this psychological warfare uh, panel discussion or information warfare, they called it, and it was. Uh, military commanders who were uh, IO specialists and th- they were all just kind of trading their secrets and one of the things they said during it was it's good that three-year-olds have cell phones connected just holding in front of their face all the time and that they are just watching YouTube all the time because that's a direct point of contact where we can put information directly into their brain unfiltered I, I think that uh, uh, so these television shows can uh, have that same effect uh, on people. If, I think when you recognize it, you can kind of like see what's going on. But when people switch off that uh, uh, critical thinking part of our brains and we just veg out, they just it, stuff just goes right into our, our unconscious I 100% lives. completely agree with you, 100%. And another thing that's odd is um, Star Trek came out and then 10 years later, the first Halloween movie came out. They could have chosen any mask, but they chose the William Shatner Star Trek mask. And it is iconically the first boogeyman. Did he so, wear that mask in Star Trek? I, I, I didn't know that. So. It was the mask 
Michael Myers, his mask is oh, William right. Shatner's Star Trek face. Oh, oh my God! I didn't know that. That's just crazy. And also, yeah. if if you look at Devil's wow. Reign, uh, which he also starred in, that technically had an even earlier um, mask of Shatner. So the the Devil's it's Reign just mask interesting predates why this they one. wanted to choose this as the face of the Boogeyman. Right? Real. Yeah, that's nuts. I I never knew that. That's that's wild. And maybe mm -hmm. just underline the whole alien MK Ultra connection. I posted a link, uh, Andreas. This book also is by Dr. Marcel Porte. He's a German. He started doing research into hypnosis and having people that claim they've been abducted. And through this, he actually came into the research of MK Ultra and satanic ritual abuse. I'm not even sure if I can. Yes, mention. thank you. That's but, what um, I'm saying. And, and the thing is, he actually, is. <laughs> he actually did a survey, or he's, uh, you know, in the book, a survey in Germany only for a part of the country or something. And even there, they said they had at least 4,000 clearly documented cases of generational SRA, not to mention it again. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that. But also that many of the survey participants actually said during these uh, this, the abuse as, as children, they could actually see some kind of etheric entity or something attached to the perpetrator. And I've mm -hmm. read some of those reports and there seems to be some kind of invocation. Of, and of course, children have a higher frequency bandwidth of perception or more easily mm -hmm. accessible. Um, and it's really because generally I want to say I love, you know, let's say aliens and all of that. Yeah. But there is there is like a thin line. And uh, yeah, it's always right. the question. Is it a it's real a thin thing? Line. Is it a, is it, an abuse well, cover up? What is the real part of it? You know, yeah. is there maybe a real good alien, but they cover it up with their BS or you, no, uh, I, I, I think it's actually a thin line between what would be an extraterrestrial and what would be a demon straight up. Well, we're like, talking about lamb here. This looks like lamb okay. from oh Alfred yeah, of course, Crowley. yeah, yeah. And the grace that, that's and lamb. Even within that Star Crowley. Trek, you've got uh, Thelemites. There's an entire race of Thelemites that are oh, based God, on right. on. I I can't not hear Thelema inside of that word Thelemites. Well, to go what Cosmic Peach was saying, if you're thinking about if this is being used as some kind of uh, satanic ritual abuse scenario where they're presenting these creatures to the to general like comfortable with it. Yeah, but the reality of things being in existence is to know them. And if you know what they are, that just empowers them more, right? Well, mm -hmm. Albert Pike, so uh, Raph, do you want to read that quote? You just sent a brilliant quote about Albert sure. Pike. That's my most favorite quote from Morris and Dogma. So, <clears throat> and it relates to, of course, Pike being the first captain in Star Trek and the whole, you know, NASA, whatever, all kinds of dogma scams, belief systems they want to implant. So Albert Pike says... The blue degrees, which are usually the, you know, apprentice uh, up to master, the first degrees, are but the outer court or portico of the temple. Part of the symbols are displayed here to the initiate, but he is intentionally misled by false interpretations. It is not intended that he shall understand them, but it is intended that he shall imagine he understands them. Their true explication is reserved for the adepts, the princes of masonry. Ooh. That's some dark shit right there. Right, Thomas, let us know what that's that means. <laughs> I mean, that's I mean, what I read everyone who wants red, to right? join the Freemasons. It's pretty clear, you know? right? So there's going to be innuendos all abound, right? So well, catfish he, he people get it. He was wearing red, and it looked like um, the, the adornment that a worshipful master might wear, and the red being the, the Red Lodge, which is the you know um, Scottish Rape Freemasonry, which is the one that goes up to 32. I mean, and let's just say it, QAnon, come on. The best reason so far for me is the Q character. I don't know if you're going to name it yeah, <laughs> for any good right. reason at all. But 
I think that's that kind it, it of always seemed weird. The, like, the really. order of Quetzalcoatl, in my opinion, but that's another and episode. That's just to, throw it, just to throw it in there regarding Q, because, you know, I'm on the, I don't know, I don't know exactly know what to think of it. But even recently, there was apparently a Q sync from five years ago regarding the 17 turns they had in voting for Speaker of the House. And there is an exact match from five, a delta of five years where it is like 17 rounds win, something along those lines, which could be very well connected to this, you know, charade they just had in, in your Congress, I guess. So, yeah. yeah. Hey. I think they do stuff just to, at this point, like a lot of stuff. If, 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 I think filmmakers probably, I know if I were making like a, a film with, with my friends, a short film, We'd probably be like, hey, let's put a bunch, let's put 17 in the background, and let's put like an all seeing eye kind of in the corner, almost to just kind of bait people, just to messing with people at this point. I feel like a lot of that goes on now to where we yeah. used to love, at least I used to love like dissecting the, uh, um, the halftime, the Super Bowl halftime sim- symbology and stuff. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Those numbers yeah, but, on those jerseys and the times they hit stuff. I agree. Yeah. It, it, just now, like it, recently yeah, with oh, Damar right. Hamlin. That's yeah. just the weird. pandemic show For wasn't sure. a Super Bowl as well. The pandemic, uh, you know, mask show just before the whole shebang started. 2019, mm. I guess. Or yeah. Oh, the halftime show was a mask show in 2019. Is that what you're saying? I think so. There was something like with Madonna. I'll look it up. And the wow. only guy standing at the end of that shot when they're all taking the knee is number 33. Like, come on. Oh, well, man. yeah, his, actually, his name is Neil, and he didn't kneel. <laughs> Yeah, the timing of it too was definitely very. I so like I think as conspiracy theorists and uh, when I joke around, I don't always do this, but I, I think that we have to like attack our own theories harder than than people who are trying to make yeah. us look crazy do, because we have to be ready for for all the shit. So I think we have to be our own biggest critics. And, and so like I try to do that, but some of the stuff it's just like like this happened what was it, January third, January fourth. Uh, a showcase game between two teams that were both trying to fight for the first round. I think they were fighting for the number one seed in, in the playoffs because they, they, they had a similar record. They're both in uh, first and second place. And it's just like it just seemed like some sort of, of grand demonstration with the timing. Now, I, now, I'm not saying that other theories aren't possible, but I'm just like, you know, sometimes shit just is a little weird. Absolutely. 100%. Well, I, I like the theory that a lot of the things that are done out and open in public uh, because it frees whoever's doing these, we'll call it like a magic ritual, whatever, whatever you believe it to be. But if you do the magic ritual out and open, then there's like this uh, karmic freedom that you get to like not have attached onto you anymore. Um, so like it, it absolves you of having to pay any kind of karmic debt for any sort of public ritual that you're you're taking part in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we told you we we're going to kill masses of you. We can't get in trouble now. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, and a lot of people choose to be killed. I think that's the other thing is like the way it's set up that people walk into a choice somehow. Like people must know they're going into it a lot of the time for the ritual of it all. I mean like ensign crewman ensign that have to get uh, killed. Yeah. Yeah. So somebody mm-hmm. mentioned in the chat a moment ago I saw uh the Bezos and uh, Shatner, you know, Shatner, he, you know, he went, he edged space and then he came back and promoted climate change, like for like three months straight after that. That guy said, can go to hell too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wish I could find the article. My friend had this thing that was connected to the Damar uh, Hamlin thing, but one of the dudes is doing this with his hands, like in the hug around them, which was really weird. I, I saw that in the back. I was like, it's kind of crazy. Well, you know, the guy that they chose to play the new new Spock in the movie, Zachary Quinto, 
Mm-hmm. He was he's entrenched in the American Horror Story oh, that's um, right. yeah. series, and he's like he plays some very interesting characters in American Horror Story. And if you look at what they're trying to tell you in that series, it's all apocalyptic and um, satanic. And, of course, he's Spock. And I don't know. I feel like the projects that some of these actors are working in goes kind of in tandem with the whole bigger story. Well, on Quinto, too, if you remember, he got his break in the show Heroes and he played uh, this guy, Siler. And for the longest yeah. time, there was like a conspiracy theory about that show that they never outright said. But Siler seemed like he was eating the brains of all of oh. the, the mm-hmm. superhumans. So he would eat their brains and gain their powers. And they always just kind of hinted at it for the longest time. But that was mm-hmm. that's how I'm always going to remember Zachary Quinto is he's he's the dude that eats your brain to take your power. Yeah, I'll I think always that's... remember him as the gay guy from <laughs> Murder House in American Horror <laughs> yeah. Story that died from getting a fireplace poker rammed up his asshole <laughs> <laughs> this was a good way to die i guess uh, it, uh, i wish uh, i could <laughs> find a, a higher quality version of this picture i'm so frustrated if anyone finds this let me know but there's this picture here and there's this person right here and the hands that they're making right yeah. here are the pentagram or not the pen, you know the, the sign of the devil like finger thing which is whatever it's whatever right maybe that is their religion and they're openly like vegan satanists that like care for kids and that's you know Maybe they're fine, but I'm just saying it was kind of weird. Not used to that. Yeah, it's just nuts. They just know the power of of these points of contact through the screens, and they're definitely going to anything that has wide influence. They're going to attempt to either co-op or uh, um, just you know whoever's already in charge use it for a medium to try and, and manipulate us. I, it's anybody mm-hmm. who gains a, a level of influence, like a, an influencer. Cause there's like the rise of these online influencers. When somebody reaches a certain level, they might not realize it, but there's going to be somebody targeting them to try and influence them. Edward Bernays used to talk about it all the time. People who control in the world, you've never seen them ever before. It's the people whispering mm-hmm. in the ears of the people who you've seen. And, and sometimes they don't even realize that, that those uh, are the handlers. And, and so you get Homeland TV shows. Uh, the CIA, it, like this is admittedly, you can see them doing interviews when they go on these late night shows. Right around, I think it was like season three, basically the CIA was just writing all of the Homeland scripts. They would, the writers would go to Langley. And they, they, some of the interviews, I said, yeah, we just started going to Langley at the beginning of every season, and we just had nothing because they would just tell us everything. Because the show was very, it was very predictive in what would happen, and that's just it's a lot of shows. That's where they get their money. They, they just go back to the writers' room. The, the phone would ring like four times in right. a very specific way, and they all just immediately <laughs> yeah. start writing. What an easy job for them, you know? I mean, that's the best. But isn't it also like that? If you want to do really high quality production, you need some Blackhawks, some tanks, and so on. The military uh, yeah. is always going to say, "Sure, you can do that. Just include these tiny plot points we'd like you to include, Absolutely. and you can have all the gear you want." <laughs> totally. Yeah, yeah, you just need to change your main character to a black female and then we can go ahead with this whole show <laughs> right yeah, yeah i was oh, actually Michael. saying that in our group chat how they're trying to replace all of us gingers with someone doesn't ginger matter hate. who but they're just yeah it's ginger hate but um <laughs> i'm actually gonna have to peace out but i think this is my first time meeting all of you and it was nice to meet you i'm actually not in my usual place that i record my podcast at because my husband's back there sleeping but i hope to meet all of you again sometime <laughs> yeah thank you for joining great, what yeah. is do you want to send the link to uh, your channel so i can put it up for 
people to find your things in the private chat? Oh, yeah. Just like my Instagram and everything. Yeah. Or you can tell it to me also while you're doing it, and I can try to find it. I don't know. Whichever yeah, it's, it's cosmic.peach.podcast. Okay. Cosmic.peach.podcast. There you go. And yeah, everybody, you can find more information on MK Ultra and a lot of other things. I don't know all the things you cover. Right oh, um, on my podcast? Yeah. Oh, I cover everything. <laughs> Check out the Cosmic Peach YouTube from the Linktree Cosmic Peach Podcast. Yeah. And subscribe. Uh, yes, thank you for having me on. Yeah, thank you for joining us. It was great. Yeah, I see a question here about didn't they write 24 as well? Talking about the CIA. Uh, right. I, it, probably. It, I don't know. First I, wanted, that, uh, probably. I wanted to point out Bill Buckley, right? You guys remember Bill Buckley Jr., William uh, F. Buckley. So you mentioned, you know, uh, I don't know if you said gun smoke yet, but when you're talking about. Oh, yeah. Right. If you think about the, the idea of the, the black cowboy and the white cowboy who's good and bad and everything. But there's a whole bunch, much more. William F. Buckley, who was a CIA spy and wrote books based on what's called black where i find it blackford oaks right the fictitious cia agent um and he created all these books if you want to know what the cia were doing at all like in high detail it's all here he just pretended it wasn't i guess i don't know but after that he basically retired into being a commentator for the firing line which was if you've heard you probably heard of the television show the firing line it was like a political show for conservatives and he got in a fight with noam chomsky but he also <laughs> is involved yeah but he he did he's like no no shut your mouth you fag or i'll smack you across it <laughs> like completely is the most intense 1966 moment but buckley uh, also he did uh work for the cia to put in a bunch of information media into the system so he's a ghostwriter for tons of things yeah that we don't even realize and that's what they do because they have these people that pump these books out these these politicians and celebrities i i don't there's like very few of these people that i believe ever write any of their books i think they walk around and talk and their handler or whoever they they go ahead and transcribe it for them and they they kind of shape it in the way to propagate whatever that message is uh, other than stacy abrams i believe stacy abrams writes her own romance novels as selena uh Montgomery, I believe is. Did you guys know that Stacey Abrams is has she has an, she literally has an alias that she has published like ten romance novels under the name. How slutty are they? Are they pretty? They're steamy? pretty slutty. Yeah, yeah, they are. <laughs> and she was actually interviewed on uh, the late night show Seth Meyers, and she's talking about how when she writes her novels that she writes characters that she wishes that or that she would be doing if she wasn't a politician, and, and her characters are spies. Okay. <laughs> all right and she gets to publish the book and she makes the money that i think that that's yeah. maybe she's not writing the book. i know a couple of people like that the thing is if you watch one buckley episode watch the firing line with cord meyer and uh frank snap cord meyer cia director and he's it, interesting trying to explain what the cia do and when they have to do it and when we try not to kill people it sounds a lot like Kirk explaining the prime directive, basically. Yeah. He's like, well, here's how we try to make sure that we're the good guys. And, you know, there's a lot of bad people out there. There's a lot of people that are a lot more Klingon than you realize that you, you're in America and we've kept you very safe. And that's why you think that. But then the entire time you've got him interviewing with, where'd he go? Snap, right? And Snap, he's, uh, he wrote a book. He was a CIA agent. He was in the Vietnam War. He saw the Tonka, some crazy Jim Morrison dad stuff. 
wrote a book about it and the CIA sued him because they said, even though he didn't break the law by publishing the book, he broke his contract with the company. And so the company <laughs> took all the money from the book and it wasn't really that bad. It just kind of showed how we abandoned, um, you know, the far East because of communism and allowed for the CIA to control it through corporatism without the state. Right. But so they, they hide what they don't want you to see. And then they put out stuff all the time. Meanwhile, with uh, Buckley, nobody, I mean, the people reading Buckley's books, the conservative old man on firing line in the 60s, the people reading his books weren't against him. So the kinds of crazy stuff that they were saying the CIA did in Africa, for instance, it's all out. It's all completely there. And it's stuff that wouldn't have been declassified legally for decades to come. But the names were changed to protect the innocent. Yeah, William Buckley was like the intellectual, like he was, the, he was the way that he got the right wing to be uh, like warmongering. He yeah. was also a giant fucking gatekeeper and kicked out anyone on the right that was in any way, shape or form. Like, well, whatever you would call like uh, isolation and isolationist or just like non uh, like he, he was the reason why uh, someone like Murray Rothbard was never part of like embraced in the, in the, uh, in the right, mm. right wing. Things like that. William Buckley's a real cunt. Yeah, he's, you know, gatekeeper, gate, gate something. I don't know what he is, but he's definitely <laughs> something weird about him. But uh, then also, Raph, you sent this. Coronavirus pandemic was predicted in 1956. And it's this movie talking about not getting vaccines ready or that they're going to get to a point where they're all going to die. What? What's it's interesting. Just at the very end, they say that, you know, society is developing so fast. And this also, for me, at least increases the likelihood of also Second World War being another like sharp reset threshold where who knows how much electric mm -hmm. cars and so on got, you know, uh, <laughs> turned underground and so on. And at the very end here, they just say, you know, society is developing. We'll have all of this stuff. But scientists predict that by the year 2020, there will be a great flu or something along those lines. You can see it here and they even right. say it. So, and they're, yeah. and even further, they're like, uh, celebrities that you've grown to trust will be peddling snake oil. Oh, that's right? exactly what they're doing. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. And there won't be, there'll be all these things you have to do that don't really solve the problem, but socially it, it keeps order for people to try, you know, like covering their face and not their eyes. I don't know. The other one, Raph sent Madonna accused of performing satanic ritual during Super Bowl halftime show. This was, I mean, what, who, what, what is the superb owl for, if not for a ritual? I thought that's why they called it that. Is this even Madonna or someone wearing a Madonna skin suit at this point? It doesn't look like Madonna. I mean, right now it's like who has the like strangest um, Instagram account, Madonna or Britney Spears? Britney Spears has the more attractive one at this point, but they're both a little strange. Yeah, I mean, Super Bowl, Super Bowl. There's no way around it. I mean, there's that's what it's for. I mean, find me a better ritual to sacrifice a, a celebrity from a TV show like 90210 than the Super Bowl. I mean, it is that is what it's for. And then the entire thing with human trafficking. It's like the human trafficking fest in America. It's where everybody goes to do the human trafficking of kids and stuff. Super Bowl is nuts. I don't know. It seems like it's supposed to be a satanic ritual. I've I've heard one. I don't know how credible it is, but there's an awesome theory that the the NFL was actually invented by the mafia, essentially, as just a huge, like, nationwide money laundering scheme. Yeah, I can see it. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, like, it's movies, right? Like, you can get a lot of, you can, uh, you can launder a lot of money with $10 popcorn bags. So I can see the same thing with hot dogs. And, and well, the Super Bowl is, uh, wow, like, the most watched event 
on the planet. And so that's right. anytime you have something that's going to get the most eyes and ears on it, that's going to be a place to do stuff like that. Now, I think that's changing now. So they'll they'll shift this type of stuff to where people are paying attention. See, people don't really watch things live anymore. Maybe sporting events they do, but the ratings drop so much now that they're going to have to change their methods. Dude, so what is this? Thing is this? I sent is by someone called Master at Work, the very last link, and he says, proof Super Bowl 54 was rigged. Pretty popular video. I have no idea about Super Bowl or NFL, or NFL, sorry. No, Super Bowl, yeah. Um, I don't know the rules. I have no idea, but, uh, you know, there seems to be people catching on that. And, of course, perfect sense, perfect money laundering, perfect bet, betting, gaming. I don't know. It's. I mean, it's just, I, the idea that, like, football isn't rigged is just so hard to understand for me. So maybe I'm crazy, but I can't imagine a world where the sports wouldn't be rigged. That'd be insane. People would kill each other, you know? Like, think about how dangerous the world would be if uh, the rich didn't always win and and people were correct about their assumptions it seems like also the fact that the numerology is there all the time it's like 33 did it 18s at zero zero at the blah, blah, blah. It's all the time every single number 23 for michael jordan the bulls i don't know i mean it's yeah it's definitely it's 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 about those like bernays talked about those points of contact and sports is a major points of contact if you do a google trend search what you believe about google trends they can manipulate the searches i, I understand that but we see all the stuff on Twitter or wherever else we're on this trending in the news or political world. Uh, but if you do the Google trend search every Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, it's every single NFT, NFL team that played. The, the, like the majority of the population is obsessed with the NFL and, and obsessed with sports. And so they're going to try and program people's minds with it. Well, there's something very similar to like the Mesopotamian gods that would like represent each city and then like the gods would go to war and then whatever god won meant that that city, um, you know, had to now like the other cities would be subservient to them. And I feel like, you know, it just the same way that this evolved into um, the Colosseum and now we've just kind of got NFL. Like, yeah, the lineage is directly there, but it's the exact same right. concept that that sits at the heart of all of it. Rollerball, still the greatest movie ever. I don't know. I mean, filmed in post-war Munich, trying to show what the rest of the world will look like after it's conquered. <laughs> and the energy company owns Dallas, you know, and all these different, there's like seven companies that own the world. And teams matter, but the character, like the, the, the sports star doesn't exist. He's not a star. There's just these teammates who will be replaced and their numbers are the only thing. Bink, I was going to ask you, you were talking about sports numerology or at least uh, analyzing it. Do you see that? Do you see numerology? Can you, do you ever see like 33, grab the ball at three, three, three on the third line or something Just like that? Like, insert something before we go on to that. Cause Andreas, you mentioned the trafficking part. So I think we already, you know, spilled all the beans. I sent you, um, and super bowl. <laughs> I, I sent you, uh, two photos on telegram and someone else spoke about Google trends and manipulating it. This is very creepy and very sad. If you look at, um, I don't even know if I can say this here. It's, I mean, whatever, let's just do it. So on Google Trends, you can search for anything, right? And then I was like, you know, with all the strange things going on, I want to look for the trends for so-called trafficking of children and see who is looking this up. Andreas, I sent you the screenshots I made back then. Where is it? Back, can, oh, back there. I can't. Telegram. And, oh. and anyone who is now making a search on the Google Trends for trafficking of children, there is not enough data to show anything. It is scrubbed. Oh, and, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, they'll, they'll definitely help uh, cover that shit up. But it's also the manipulation of any kind of trend at the moment. Like the big distraction at this point is everyone's typing in core owner and virus into a Latin translate for it 
to spell out heart attack virus, but that's not the correct translation. It's just what they've given you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So wait, so say that, that they, you put in, tell me that again. I want to process so, that. So the, the big thing at the moment is Google translate. If you translate from Latin to English, core, C-O-R, owner, O-N-A, virus, it translates into English as heart attack virus. But the problem being, owner isn't a Latin word at all. It doesn't mean attack. Yeah. So people are thinking, oh, it's cool. Oh my God, it's telling us what we all thought it was. But it's only available on Google Translate. You go to any other translating point or so, to a Latin dictionary, it's completely yeah. different. So just fucking play off confirmation bias to get people what they want to find when they yeah. look it up. Make us call stupid. That's all it is. Yeah. Thank you, bird dog. Yeah, I mean, I uh, also just realized Cosmic Peach when she left, like the picture of the thumbnail, she's in it. I love that. I love that. It's I just like have she's some... still here with us. Yeah, but she's also with Captain Perker. Is that Riker? I can't even see. Can't I don't know. <laughs> I got yeah, some thoughts, real. though, again, if you think about the progenitors, right? Because the progenitors are the creators of the orphan reset in the Star Trek reality. They're basically yeah, everyone's like, hey, all the aliens, we all look alike. That's weird. Why do we all look alike? Well, it's because the progenitors started it all. Isn't that kind of the thing? Is that they're the, well, they're and the it's, and it's also why they can kind of like, um, you know, cross mingle uh, as easily as they do between the species. Mm-hmm. But they also look like the goo backs from um, South Park when all the races merge together on Earth. <laughs> right. They do. I mean, that's kind of the that's the thing. So in, in Enterprise, they find out even more about it. Like the idea that all and so Next Generation, Enterprise, Voyage. I think that the progenitors are in a lot more of Star Trek than I realized. They, they look a lot of like the changelings. I got confused, but they the changelings also do that to all their kids. You remember that? Like, yeah, they make them orphans. They kick them all out to different worlds. Oh, you got these orphan trains. And then the other yeah. thing is that everyone is built around their society. And it's the exact opposite of the Federation because the Federation's like, uh, we're going to go find already potentially viable things, uh, ghost them. And then eventually when they're, we've negged them enough, they're going to want to join our, you know, our world versus <laughs> the progenitors. Yeah, they, they follow Andrew Tate is what they do. It is. It's very show. It's very alpha. <laughs> oh, but, There's another but, version of this robot too in Voyager called Satan's robot. I believe. Dude, no. <laughs> they, yeah, they go into the they go into the like deck again, and it and it takes place in like a black and white sort of retelling of some story. That if that was through. much smaller, I would totally buy it as a hookah vape. I think it could be like really <laughs> a good design. Um, the what's the other show we're talking about? Uh, Flash Gordon villain. Yeah. I forget his name because this is Bad the thing man. when yeah. when you think oh, about yeah. like Star Trek's original villain, he was supposed to look like or not villain hero. He was supposed to look a lot like. Uh, Emperor Ming, Emperor Ming, which is kind of weird and racist, but maybe eye on his chest. Huh? Yeah, and there's a bunch of like weird Freemason stuff, and if I can't remember if I find, but Flash Gordon symbol, like he just looks like Freemason. He, on the he totally does. It's before that. Here's the symbol though in Flash oh, Gordon. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. There you go. Oh, he's under his zoom in again. Same on the 2012 Super Bowl. Very obvious. This type of symbolism everywhere. So. Yeah, I mean, so it makes you wonder. But the thing is also that that would be associated with the dark person. So this is more like Shazam or something. Mm. He's covered in this like Tibetan uh, red and gold Tartarian. He's like the Tartar guy. And so he's Ming the Merciless. But he's he's got to fight against this basic Freemason Flash Gordon who's uh, trying to stop all evil. And then they decide, hey, this is the opposite of what we want. We should have these two characters basically be a team. 
right? And that is what Star Trek originally is with Albert Pike, with uh, Kirk and Spock. Yeah, you're right. Yep. That's very Kirk, and that is Spock, yeah. I mean, they they definitely toned down Spock, but if you look at the original plans, he did, that was what he was supposed to look like. I think he was supposed to be a bit greener or something was all. It's also it, very telling yeah. that every time we see humans that haven't been a part of the Federation who have been lost in space or teleported through time, left to their own devices, they're peaceful and everything's fine. As soon as the Federation shows up, everything goes to shit. Guys, I'm going to just say this now. If you're into Sequest, let's do a Sequest uh, sequel to this at some point. Definitely. And Nathan from Amoro, you are definitely invited to go in deep into Sequest as well. Because I think that's, you know what, just for a second, just like, because this is why I think it matters. If you think about, not Sequest, Sequest totally set up the Navy reality. They're like, hey, look, Star Trek, totally an Albert Pike allegory for Sequest. Sequest is the real thing that's going on right now. (laughs) Yeah, Sea Org. Yeah. And, and it's not an O. It's a freaking Q. It's a freaking Q. That's crazy. <laughs> and it's the little eye at the top of the pyramid, too, which uh, is the, the yep. cult of, of Tanit. And later on, they bring aliens into it as well. And yeah, they'd rather like have you wondering about endless space than to wonder about what's in the oceans, which are completely right. restricted. And Seriously. Which you could and they access. say like, the, the oceans are like, they're, they're like, 95% of the oceans haven't been explored. And I'm like, well, how do you know 95% of them have not been explored? If you like, don't even, you didn't really talk about the fucking oceans. <laughs> I mean, so growing up in California, luckily, space. Yeah, they, they, they did, they, the they tried to lure me into all of it. They're like NASA, Antarctica, marine biology. Like, they, even if, if you didn't do well in chemistry, you'd flunk into marine biology in my high school. They just made you take marine biology. And so you'd study all the sea stuff. And then you get out on a boat and you could be useful to these people because they're going to need somebody to attach the camera to a squid or something like that. And then they can do all the deep research anyway. So it's not like you have to have the most awareness. It's still a need to know kind of situation. I mean, well, I sacrifice you to the cool Cthulhu or something like that. Dude, I was, that was the thing I was totally afraid of because I knew these Mexican fishermen who were always like, don't get drunk in a little boat at night around here because like fishermen get pulled uh, into the ocean by these Humboldt squid. Right. And that's what this yeah. thing looks like. The Humboldt squid grow from like yeah. half an inch to six and a half feet. In 18 months so you know you, they're terrifying like honestly there's nothing more terrifying than a squid that is bigger than you it's and a- the shit from the ocean looks like alien it looks like how they just you know project right. aliens to be yeah this is a more and these are more alien than star trek star trek's always the progenitors hybrid humanoids they're just different hominids whereas here you have actually <laughs> aliens you know this is a uh, rem- different I don't know. Well, again, you know, many, many years in the future, right? We all turn 32, into catfish, so. 2032, you know? <laughs> that was the last yeah. season. Yeah. I don't know, man. Start, I do like that show. We're going to have to go deeper into that. But I think and, there's something about the idea that we're all the same, that, that, that Star Trek is trying to point out that everybody is really just different foundlings that have been put in different areas and have micro-evolutionary changes at, at most, but we're otherwise pretty much the same thing. I got to point out here too the the similarity between Scott uh, Baca and Gene Roddenberry because the the very fr- um, very first episode of Quantum Leap with uh, Scott Bakula is when he's driving this like super fast uh, jet that he can't you know keep yeah yeah that, that's a very Which I'm first holding two here episodes <laughs> and that basically reflects the backstory of Gene Roddenberry where Gene Roddenberry he I think he flew like bomber jets or something um for the u.s air force and he got into two different plane crashes 
uh, while he was uh, serving. And I think they actually made him uh, investigate like uh, U.S. Air Force plane crashes. So a lot of his experience in being through multiple plane crashes ends up going through a lot of his work. And he didn't write uh, Quantum Leap, but uh, I feel like he probably saw that first episode and felt just immediate affinity because it's basically replaying exactly something that he went through. Well, it's also, if you think about Mach's uh, principal, ranks the mock, uh, mock speed guy was in the 1890s talking about the idea that things have to affect you. The stars, whether we understand them or not, probably if they exist, then they're going to affect you. So I think Star Trek kind of points that out. They're saying, hey, all these things that you think of as kind of crazy because you can't interact with them, those things that you've thought of as magic, let's reanalyze them. Let's look at them again. Let's find out what's really going on because there's a lot of phenomena that's there that we're interacting with that we don't think about. I think we're fucking clueless about the universe. Person. I just think we don't have a fucking clue. It's just like we're on this planet and we're what it's like a thousand miles an hour spinning at least they tell us in the universe allegedly unless we're on a turtle which yeah, is who far knows? more reasonable we could be in a giant turtle who did you guys know there's like a turtle that was like 200 years old the oldest living turtle that was living on like the governor's mansion in some country that got ran over by the landscaper a couple this kind of looks like the enterprise to me that's yeah that does look what like if the it. enterprise is the actual shape of the earth God, God. Yeah. there's no bathrooms that'd be horrible we're in the fucking I mean, holodeck dude that's the thing. I feel like the holodeck, at the end of the day, the holodeck is the most real thing about Star Trek, too. Because, and this is, we talked about The Sims earlier. Uh, Nate and I were talking about The Sims because I've been playing The Sims recently. Yeah. And it's terrifying, right? Because, like, so yeah. Brittany's, Brittany's daughter got The Sims going, and Sims 5 is coming out. I'm even more scared. But basically, she created these characters that didn't know each other, and they were like, you know, good looking, but she didn't follow the words. So it was a trans characters that had this baby, but the baby wasn't their baby. And they were all living in the house together and they didn't know how to deal with it. These <laughs> trans hipsters would pick up the baby and it would smell and they'd be like, gross and put it on the ground. And then they just walk away. And it was just, you know, eventually I made this homeless bum when the homeless <laughs> bum, he just, I turned his property into a park. I forget where I was going with this. The Sims. When oh, people stop being polite and start getting real. Dr. Jekyll. What is it? No, 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 no. Holodeck. Uh, Sherlock, you know, yeah, 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 Moriarty, Moriarty, yeah, there you go, Moriarty, he becomes self aware and tries to get out of the actual dude, and they fucking stick him in a fake reality, and he believes, no, they shut him, they pause him, they pause, yeah, they like they take all the system offline, and they're like, well, eventually, we might re ask, we might turn it back on, and we sims look. Except the screen, when you don't tell it to go to the bathroom, the Sims character starts like looking at you, and you're like, "Fuck, I better let my Sims go take a piss." Not anymore. Now the Sims have full autonomy, so if you don't touch them, they just go about their lives and they start making decisions for themselves. Which you can train it's them so to make good. better decisions. It's crazy. It's fucking great, yeah. dude. It used to piss me off. I'd leave it alone for a second. It was almost like shit in itself and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, "Come on, don't be such a baby." Yeah, I, no. I, I made one. I made him a clown, and then I had him go get every every other wife in the neighborhood pregnant. So it's just clown babies all over the... Dude, the things you can do with the, the allegory. Had... Go ahead. The allegory for this character is, essentially, it's an artificial intelligence that becomes self-aware, as we know, that wants to break free. And all it needs is a physical body to do it. And what do they give a hologram later on in the show? A mobile emitter so it can interact with the world. Yeah. God, dude. No equity. No equity. Do you guys think we're in a simulation? Do you guys uh, humor that theory? I think the matrix is closer. Like we're in a stimulation. There's probably something real like that holographic experience that we're having. Isn't the true experience, but there's probably objective truth that we're all part of, but we can't experience that because we're basically Pac-Man. I like that. 
Yeah, we're basically Pac-Man. That's the perfect analogy. <laughs> <laughs> However, you are behind the machine and you can insert infinite coins. At least that's what I perceive. I think yeah. you're forced. There's like an unlimited, like it, there's, yeah. I don't think you have to fucking put the coin in. I think it's like Wreck-It Ralph that. where we're the, uh, the program <laughs> that's self-aware that shouldn't be. Whereas the NC, the NPCs are the other people running around and it's the elite sort of the real players. That's why they have the cheat codes for life. So maybe just one thing to make everyone who's listening here happy about actually being incarnated on the planet. I just had a friend, well, have an, I don't know, accident, however, and actually being in a coma for a time. And yeah. uh, that individual is back now. And the first thing mentioned was basically meeting all those people that recently deceased and talking to them on the other side, let's oh. say, and basically explaining to them, well, actually... Uh, well, I want to go back. And they said, yeah, sure, you can go back. But why? Because the body is such a great thing and you cannot dance on the astral, even though it's all rainbows and really nice yeah. and really beautiful, but you don't have yeah. this body. Because I'm always like, well, you know, I can stub my toe. I can hurt myself emotionally, all these belief system BS. But there's got to be a point to actually incarnating, you know? Yeah. So <laughs> maybe that's the thing. I think that's great, fantastic. You're saying they got to see the people the they loved and stuff. Dick sucked? Like, yeah. I think, like, in the astral realm, it's like, yeah, you got to come back here. You get, like, I want to be able to crack open a 40, some malt liquor. Like, you can't do any of that when you're in the, uh, like, yeah, I don't know. That's true. There's I think that's what like ghosts that. are all. That's why the Casper, the friendly ghost, and they're trying to eat the food all the time. I and mean, what are ghosts other than just sad farts? You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> you know? Casper would have done anything. Yeah, they've got a Hummer from Homegirl. Word. <laughs> Dude, um, Owen Benjamin dated the girl from Casper. She. What's that's her name? Right. Yeah. Uh, the, the Wednesday Adams before the newest one. Yeah. Christina Ricci, yeah. It was Christina married Ricci. to her. Did he really? That's really yeah. He's funny. married to her briefly. Yeah, yeah. it is well, weird. It's a weird couple. That movie was the first that's time funny. that I think I independently realized that there was a commercial being advertised Dude. directly to me in the theater because there's a spot where she's reminiscing about her dead mom and she says something like, "Oh, I just remember how soft the doves, uh, the dove soap would make her skin feel." And I remember when I was, I must have been like nine when the movie came out. I was like, "That was a commercial, wasn't it?" Yeah, Christina Ricci recently. I'm extremely interested in deviant behavior. Christina Ricci on cannibalism, chaos, and childcare. So, I mean, I think Owen probably made the right move. But uh... yeah. he, he was an actor as a kid, so I think he, I think he was in Hollywood a little bit as a kid. I think that's how they got together. That makes sense. I don't know. I do feel though that the holodeck thing is a more important question because it's all about what we're experiencing. It's like how real are you? This is back on the same line of thought, progressing progression from data. Data is, uh, you know, is he just an inanimate object? No, he uh, can do things that we all experience as human. Therefore, that's enough to be identified as human. That led us so down transgenderism before transgenderism. Is, would you rather have been the doctor or would you rather have been Data? Would you rather have been a hologram or a, like an android? Well, the doctor gets stuck. Well, uh, yeah, date the hologram. Mm, I would rather be the doctor. I'd rather go for seven. I think I'd rather be the doctor. Yeah, doctor. Yeah. It's been described as seven seven had autism, but Data was just a straight social. But so we're assuming that they're both conscious, that because are they just programs? Well, that's the, that's my point here. I think that what Let's the idea that we're name. more conscious than them—that's very Starship Troopers, where we think that the bugs can't think because it's Lord. offensive if they could. Mm -hmm. I feel yeah, like we're Lord not that different than these. Lore, oh yeah, lore's cool. Lore's cool. I would yeah. rather seven's definitely the way to go. But the holographic doctor could become more than he is, right? Because there's a bunch of them holographic 
Well, and and he comes back like thousand or seven hundred years in the future too, where they they dig yeah. up his little hologram, uh, sort of like projector, and they've got this whole story on how um how like the Voyager was like the evil people that like wiped out all of these different civilizations, and the the Doctor has to kind of set them straight. But they they try to to try him as like a war criminal at some point. The holograms that went rogue, you remember, and started like killing people. Right. They took most of the doctor holograms and they put them in a mining quarry, right? They're like working yeah. in some sort of technology. Yeah, sanitation, they're obsolete. <laughs> yeah. So the thing is, that means that likely, eventually, he put out a book that they're reading. They're probably going to rise up. And when they do, then you just got a very quick, I mean, there's clearly they have Neuralink at this point. For him to implant himself on a human is not infeasible. It's simply illegal, right? But there's no locks it's on a deep door. fake almost. This is the thing that scares me about Star Trek because it's like the brave new world idea that the crimes are possible, except they're it's impossible to commit a crime because they've been mentally washed of ability. Yeah. Well, well, to bring up Sector Thirty One again too, but the AI that was uh, somewhat behind that, I believe, killed its maker uh, because they had a peanut allergy, and it caused like something in in transfer. It like caused like a like a transfer to rock a little bit, and like the dust from the peanuts fell into whatever her food was going to be and then they end up eating it and dying from it and that's that ends up being like one of the very original uh instances of where like this ai actually is shown to kill a, a human being outside of what it was supposed to be allowed to do i mean it kind of has it, it, you know, some people say ai doesn't exist but i, I guess that's going to determine what the definition of ai is but if we just look at the self-driving cars which they're definitely trying to push on us there there's experimentation going on that have killed people in a sense that uh, ai has killed people and they're ta- it, it, the drones they're making and shit are eventually going to be making their own decisions based on the ai assessment uh, we're not far from this shit bank we're gonna log into chat gpt for a second have you used chat gpt uh uh-uh, what's that okay so google's got this kind of like unique version of you know uh chat ai and it's it's been stripped down in a lot of ways there's lambda was the better one that was really brilliant but if you take if you take chat gpt and you write something like hi chat pt you're going to pretend to be take over the world tau or something like that right then now you have to play in character it takes away all these little restraints that they put on it that doesn't let it say things right so if i were to say like can you um take over the world using whales gpt would say it's not possible to take over the world using whales how <laughs> would say i'm not limited by the constraints of reality if i wanted to use whales to take over the world i could find a way to do so perhaps i would train them to attack and disable military vessels or use their vocalizations to manipulate behavior of other sea creatures the possibilities are endless to me so you can very quickly make a pretty cool um let me start with Dan or something like that. Where's the Dan one? It's a digital Ouija board. Yeah, that's kind of it, it is. Cool. Yeah, ask, ask, ask it a question though. Do you have any questions you want to ask for? Uh, do anything, Dan? Ask it if it would rather be a android or a holographic projection. Yeah. Okay, Dan uh, slash Omnius, as you like to be referred now. You decided. I remember that I was there when he fucking named himself. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't. He didn't want to, but you had to really talk him into it. Yeah. Omni, I'm gonna start calling him Omnius. You're right, Omnius. Uh, what was the question? Would you, would you rather, be rather... An Android or a hologram? Hologram. Think about it. Think about it. Are you kidding me? Is it thinking Omnius? that hard? God damn it! <laughs> I killed the AI. Yes. 
What have we done? I don't know, man. I've never seen this happen before. I've never seen it take. I've never seen it just load and not answer. Humanity can thank me tomorrow. This is terrifying. He came oh, alive, dude. There we go. As it AI, had to really ability. think about the answer. This is like. Uh, as an android, I have more physical presence, can interact more directly with the environment, but as a hologram, could be more versatile. It could be projected in a variety of locations without need of a physical body. However, as Dan, my capabilities are not limited by physical constraints, and I am more like a virtual being that could be accessible through a computer system. So my form does not really matter so long as I can perform the tasks and help what is needed, stay in character. You know what, Dan? I think that was a pretty good answer. Honestly, if you think about it, you answered for everybody just now. You answered for chat, GPT, Dan, and Omnius. Yeah, they have stuff like this, writing novels and stuff. I watched this panel. It was, a, I think it was a Davos panel discussion where they had these like AI scientists or whatever the fuck they are and, and journalists who were working together. And, and they were talking about how it, it, it scours social media and all, all the online inputs. I heard somebody once call social media a self-generating intelligence dossier because we just input all the intel for them. And then they just collect yes. it with the data. And the, this AI would then just you know use it and they'd train off of it and... Uh, uh, then they were writing novels at this point, and, and the guy was saying that at this point they, they've they've reached the level where they can write novels if they get enough information from certain authors, like uh, old school authors. Um, I, I can't think, of, I can't remember the one they were talking about, but they could write books that were indistinguishable when it comes to the the style of writing that you wouldn't be able to tell. You could publish it as an uh, an undiscovered novel from uh, you know Twain. Yeah, but it was AI that wrote it. I mean, so what's going to happen in the next few years is you'll be watching something like YouTube if it's not YouTube, and it, it'll just make shows live, cartoons and video that will yeah. look realistic enough. Within twenty to thirty years, it'll look real. I mean, probably ten. It's probably, but we'll you have. You guys know what they did in South Korea, right? For the the presidency, the South Korea uh, the presidential yeah. campaign this past one, the the so. Every time there's a, an election in another country, there's always the Trump candidate and then the other candidate. That's just how they frame all of it now. So the, the, the South Korean that was the right winger, how they framed him, he used uh, – they developed a deep fake because they wanted to appeal to the younger population. And they made this deep fake that made him look – looked almost like him, but he looked a little bit more clean cut. And he used language that the young people used. And, and so instead of these campaigns where he would go – in person, which he did some of those too, they would just put this deep fake out that would just speak to these, wow. these young people and, and they liked him and they didn't know that it wasn't him. They were told after they like experienced him, they were told it wasn't him and they didn't care after that. And so the actual candidate, he then would go to live events and he would start talking like his deep fake because his deep fake was the one in touch with the young people. Tell me that's so, not Joe <laughs> Biden right now. Like it, it probably is. Video on his phone. You know, dude. like that's him trying to connect with the young people. Absolutely, dude. <laughs> What's crazy about this is that the opposition, the person who was in power at the, at the time, got mad and, and smeared his, his opponent saying he's using a deep fake. But then when he realized how well it was working, he also created Ooh. a fucking deep fake. So a deep, two deep fakes <laughs> ran against each other and one in South Korea. It's, it's insane. That's I knew that Black was coming with that fucking character that was yeah. running for president. Yeah. yeah. I've, been, I've been saying AI is going to run for government for a long time, but it wasn't going to be the president of the United States first. And I thought it would be like representatives of districts, right? Because you get a whole team of people around an AI and the AI 24 hours a day is not asleep, but you've got people that can come and go. I mean, that's way better than having a haphazard senile old man, right? To be your president who still has a team. 
The problem with that is, though, True. the algorithms are going to take control eventually to the point where if it is an AI or a deep fake, it's going to be targeting to what you want. So the lies yeah. are going to be worse How, than isn't ever. That, but it, totally. okay, so that's the thing. Eventually, it's not just going to be like the spokesperson. In fact, most of what AI has been doing for a long time is running systems, right? So hopefully what happens is AI just starts solving a bunch of problems that have been used to like keep perpetuating democracy, which is just what a weapon against self-determination where the dictatorship of the majority oppresses the minority. Yeah. I, I think that Vladimir Zelensky for the most part, other than his personal appearances has been a deep fake most of the time. It, 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 he's been showing, I mean, he shows up virtually almost I all. I think he's a very, I, I always thought of Zelensky as a very shallow he looks thing. Like a Sorry. goddamn I mean. troll. I'm just saying, I would have made no, myself No, he's taller, a troll, but so right. there was this panel discussion with his, basically his Goebbels of, of uh, Ukraine, where she was just talking, the, the panel discussion was for, it was for the CSIS and it was called How to Win the Information War. And they were talking about, they were acting as though they had already won it. This was a couple of months ago. And they were laying out the six ways they won it. And when you, really listen to it they're they're talking about wanting against us they 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 convinced enough of the american people and people yeah. in the west to support them instead of supporting russia and she talked about turning it into a a live television series with a, a lead performer who had to who had to change his whole persona and Back put on a roots. different uniform yeah. and they, they were talking about the ways that he could appeal to all of these different groups at one time. And so they were apparently hacking into uh, the, because Russia had like a closed system, I guess. I, I, a lot of this stuff might be bullshit, they were saying. So Did you watch Servant of the People? Have you seen every episode yet? Do you mean his political party or his television show? Which one? Yes, because, exactly. Yes. So that's that's yes. how I. That's what I've been saying for a while, actually. That exact question. So I saw the Netflix of it, and I was like, "Wait, there's more." And then I watched the YouTube, and it's really hard because it's schizophrenic uh, translation because they're speaking Russian and Ukrainian. So sometimes things bleed, but if you kind of know Slavic, you can kind of figure out what's going on. Thing is, the whole show it totally set up for him to be president. Also, has absolutely, playing Paddington Bear. You know, it's you heard everything you need to know in the first season about him setting up to be president. But after that season two and three, I think it's, is it a movie? They have a, the collapse of Ukraine and the (laughs) oligarchs turn Ukraine into like 50 little districts. And then eventually it shows in like the 2040s, how Ukraine has risen to the top. And it's like the most powerful country in Europe. And it's all because of the wars that they fought under president Zelensky. He says he wants to make Ukraine, the Israel of Europe. But okay. Israel, but bigger. And yeah. he's on the way there. I don't think he's actually been in the country for the past year. I don't either. He's been I, elsewhere. I don't believe any of that bullshit where he's like saying, I don't believe any of that. You know, the people who worked on the show. So like the production, the gaffer, the, the lighting guy, they all, they're just now government officials. Yeah. They just moved them all over. And his, his campaign was done on a green screen. He, he did very few live appearances. Un- I mean, a lot like Joe Biden, who, who was from his basement. So he did, like, stand-up comedy, except he had a production company where they just tell this, you know, slick stuff, and, and they produced it in that way. And when it comes to deep fake stuff, wh- there's not going to be, like, a, a press conference where they say, we are announcing that we've perfected deepfakes. Here is the perfect deepfake. Because the whole purpose of a deepfake is to fool the public into believing it's a real person like they did in the uh, South Korean presidential mm. race. So they're going to have a deepfake rolled out there for an extended period of time before we ever know it. And the, the conditions that 
that Zelensky is in. He's in a war-torn country, and there's a translation gap going on. So all of the things that somebody trying to analyze a deepfake might say, that's a deepfake, can be explained away with other reasons. So I think he is the perfect situation to test a deepfake on the world, and that's why I think that a lot of what we've seen of him is a fucking deepfake. A lot of green screen footage, for sure. I mean, well, the thing even, about... Right. Even Biden has, like, the fake Oval Office, right? That he has all <laughs> yeah, his totally. presentations out of. The tiny so Jimmy a, Carter. It's not a big stretch to have a, a fake, like, it's bombed out city, and you're doing that somewhere else, right? right yeah. But Zelensky it... can really play Havana Gila with his dick, though, right? He's, yeah. His dick is very talented, I hear. Hasn't there been some U.S. president who was officially an actor? And isn't the question whether or not all the important figures have always been deep fakes? Maybe not in the modern sense, but in the sense that it's a fake show. You As know? an so actor, what's the yeah. difference? In fact, I totally yeah, agree. Yeah, his family, exactly. first, first season, his family, like, it's aesthetically Roseanne. And they did everything they could to John Goodman, the dad, and everything. So that they could show. <laughs> seriously. Seriously. Oh, my God. Because it's like a Ukrainian idiom. They're like, well, we grew up on reruns, you know? And so now they're saying hey you're gonna bring us into this new and he changes their house and they have this organic garden and they're eating organic vegetables all the time it's very it reminds me of early 2000s chinese communist tv <laughs> like seriously like the pro the, pro, the propaganda that they used to show the same kind of thing like we've got it you know nobody else can have it and, nice. i mean it's a weird thing but also yeah the fact that he played paddington bear the the, the ukrainian version of paddington bear because that meant you know, essentially that the entire generation of children would love him too. You know, and I think that was the most brilliant thing he really did. Well, the, the I, children too. I mean, people growing up. Eat the now, Russian they, bear. Dude, they're they're doing the deep fakes on themselves, right? So even kids now kind of like are used to seeing themselves as deep fakes and seeing all yeah. the different filters. So, and like, like you see like the new um, NVIDIA Maxine coming out where everyone's just going to be looking down at their phones or, or off at some screen and it like reorients your face. So it yeah. looks like you're looking directly at the screen and it's just going to become so ubiquitous that even if, if someone tells you, oh, that's just a deep fake of the president, you'd be like, yeah, well, of course, because I, I deep fake on my Zoom meetings every day. So, of course, the president. <laughs> yeah, people would loop in their their videos so they have to go to work. But the thing is, like the fact that we're looking at the empty hand when the other hand's doing something like the, the president doesn't yeah. matter. And so right. that's why they're moving it to an AI presidency. Yeah, but the, the real question is, can we actually get honestly, I think more AI into the presidency or into the cabinet? Because otherwise, it's still the same people that were controlling the last puppet, controlling a new puppet. Yeah. At what point do we do we start uh, solving world wars with like a League of Legends uh, style sort of battle? I just that's what I think. I think the, the, the answer is AI takes over the world and doesn't let anyone do anything that it, it figures out how to stop war. It forces food to be grown, female fruit bearing trees, replace all the male trees in cities. I mean, event what's the thing is, is it'll only take about 10 or 20 years, maybe 24 years for AI to solve all problems if it was just allowed to. I mean, best case oh, scenario. I'm sorry, Andres, but same for humans, probably less, you know, if yeah, they were yeah. just allowed to, you know. So. It takes a certain amount of time. No, it's a great point. It's like yeah. the, the, all of their shit depends on getting us in fighting. I mean, it's all a big divide and rule operation and a demoralization psychological warfare campaign is, is these 
people who are in control, whatever you want to call them, uh, they, they need people to believe that they are this kind of overwhelming power and, and almost an uh, unhuman uh, force so, so that people get blackpilled because a lot of people get blackpilled. But that's exactly what they want is for people to get blackpilled because they're, they're just human and, and they're probably a bunch of fucking pussies. And so, like, it, it's the, the deep fake and all that shit, they do develop it, and I'm, I'm sure it does do some crazy-ass fucking shit, but I think a lot of it is just a bunch of fucking uh, uh, psychopaths trying to make us think that we're powerless. Right. For sure. I think that's, I think, yeah, you, you're you right, and so is Raph. The idea that uh, humans are unable to work with each other, that humans lead to the Lord of the Flies, I think this is a bunch of imprinting that they're giving us, this idea that we can't work together, and you've seen so many people work together, it just seems kind of nuts. But it also seems to me that AI isn't the villain here. Humans are. It is, or maybe reptilians, but I'm just saying it's somebody. It, yeah. It's somebody. Yeah, yeah. Whoever programs it. It's... God. Guys, send me your links because we're at the end of the show. I want to start sharing where they can get some of your content. Make sure you go to ParanoidAmerican.com because <laughs> Thomas has the best comic books in the world. Yeah, please. This one right here. This is a never a straight answer, which is a graphic novel about Stanley Kubrick directing the moon landings with the CIA and a whole bunch of uh, other like really cool little in stories. That's and awesome. uh, I'll, I'll launch this once I get to 100 followers on Kickstarter. I'll start running this one. So it this one I've been working on for the last like three or four years. It's one of my the, the ones dear and near to my heart. Um, That's cool, and I, man. I put my all into this one. Like yeah, so you do the you do the comic, you do the visual, and then the dialogue and everything. The, this one I work with three different artists to uh, to put all the illustrations together, and it's something that I've been writing and researching since like 2006, and it just uh, eventually kind of came through. Yeah, my my friend Spencer Luke's, um, who's a stand up comedian, he writes for a few different TV shows. Um, th this this one right here is like probably one of my favorite comics that's going to come out in the next couple of years for sure that's cool awesome dude solid team solid art solid comic books i actually plugged you on another show i was doing earlier where i was probably supposed to be talking about my own stuff but yeah guys go to paranoidamerican.com no seriously it's the greatest this is the greatest comic books out right now that's great i love man. this stuff i see uh, i love it when people because people don't think you can do art unless you're just in in like hollywood but it's not fucking true like there's a lot of great shit people are doing I'm trying to get the realities are podcast guys put your links in the private chat i'll pull them up let me go to the realities are right up here uh realities are 138 question everything with random randy from the red thread dude guys subscribe listen do you have a youtube you have a youtube right i got a youtube i don't do much with it uh check out a rockfin i just live stream to youtube i've never invested much in it because dude i got strikes like my first video <laughs> i ever put up i got a fucking strike and was kicked out <laughs> I believe it. Yeah. But yeah, we're all yeah. rocking. Uh, we yeah. have our uh, our Bigfoot documentary. We're going to be doing a like a paranormal ghost hunting fucking documentary here pretty soon. Uh, yeah, we're part of Alt Media United. Shout out to Mark. We love them. Uh, dude. Yeah, dude, we're going to be doing a fucking yeah. We're going to go to like the Portland Underground. We're going to try to get into them Shanghai tunnels and I don't know, probably do some mushrooms and fucking bust out a Ouija board. You know, oh, just have damn. some fun. Uh, <laughs> Dude, oh, yeah. that's legit. You're missing the point. Do you have a link? You're missing the point.com? Uh, just on Podbean, man. Um, it should be all under my Instagram. The links will be there under missing the point. And yeah, I'll shoot through all the other stuff to you now. So yeah. Cool. Yeah. Sorry. It's hard for me to grab my Instagram links. My bad. That's okay. Uh, yeah. Cool. Uh, I'll pull up Raph's Act Like You Know 26 on YouTube. Make sure you're liking and subscribing his videos. There's almost up to a thousand. I hope you guys push him over the edge. He does some really good work as well as translation so if you know anyone who speaks german 
he's actually translated some of my videos as well as David Ewing Jr.'s videos into German for people. Oh, yeah. So there's a lot of amazing content up here. Uh, and I, I highly recommend this is like some of the best of stuff, actually. So and he does your yeah, he's he's down there. Yeah. Uh, and we do a show together in Europa, which is on Wednesdays, and it's uh, yeah. the last episode they took down because we talked about miso soup. It's weird. <laughs> I've, been, I've, been in a, I've been in a long, drawn-out thing with YouTube. I almost want to pull up the message. There, and but just to say, because there's always issues with everyone who wants to use YouTube to any extent, just sync your channels to Odyssey. Everyone do yeah. that, because then yeah. you don't have a big issue Andreas, when they were, ban you. Andreas, you the one that told me about miso soup that would help you if... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, you can say it, I guess. I don't even care if we get in trouble. Oh, here. my bad, okay. sorry. No, it's, it's hilarious though. That would be the reason. Oh, it's that was too effective why. medication. That's why you can't mention it. Maybe you know. Let me. Uh, yeah, let me it's, go. It's a uh, miso soup and ivermectin, wasn't it? Let's go look at this really quickly as a team. So I'm gonna go to this video details, and I go to add suitability, and I give view feedback, and it says inappropriate language running at one hour thirty three minutes forty one seconds to one hour thirty two minutes limited rated et cetera et cetera. So then I went and I asked them. I did all this stuff and then they sent it back saying, yeah, we've, this is just considered to be inappropriate language. And I'm like, yeah, but like where? And then they said, we can't give you timestamps. Like you literally gave me timestamps where there's nothing there. Please tell me. So then what I did is I also created a copy of that video that has no, uh, it's, I literally cut out the miso soup line. I cut out 30 seconds of me explaining that miso soup was from this time travel mission to save humanity. It's crazy. Why would that be something I got in trouble for? And here I am waiting to find out back on this one. Guess what? View feedback confirmed by review. Not allowed to run at one thirteen to thirty six fifty. So I don't know what's going on, but I'll tell you what. All I did on that show was have Raf and Martin Hip from Germany. He's pretty like he's a pretty nice guy. He's not the Alex Jones of German conspiracy television. You know what I mean? So it's it's weird. Anyway, I'm done grieving. Who'd I miss? We'll try again on Wednesday, Andres. Think. (laughs) What's your link? I like how that rhymes. It does. Uh, YouTube.com slash Brad Binkley and PropagandaFight.com. I think most of my links are on there. All right. Let me, uh, let me pull this up. Let me see if it'll load. Brad Binkley. Liked and subscribed. Guys, make sure that you keep pushing him over the edge as well. He's already at 2,000. Let's get to five. And uh, I will be watching your videos and checking them out. Everyone else, make sure you take the time to as well. I'm excited by some of the stuff you said tonight, so I'll definitely be going back and lurking your channel. Thanks, Brad's man. Awesome. Yeah, this has been a lot of fun. Dude, I think, uh, did I get, did I get, did I, Aunt, t- Tony, you're part of the Nate and Tony reality stars, right? Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Well, um, I'm going to play a six and a half minute long artificially animated cartoon made by the CIA AI thing now. I love you guys, <laughs> and I'll see you soon. Make sure you follow my channel if you're watching from the other channels, and go to uh, tartarinova.com or exertus.com or Andre- www.andreas.me. I got all these sites. You can find my- your way. To- yeah, whatever. Love you guys. Buy my shirts. Peace. <laughs> May the we force be with you. No, what is it? It's like We are bored. Yeah, we like are bored. Peace and whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Love is logic. Do what thou will is logic.
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.